My grandma was hiding Jews in the basement behind haystacks, hiding a family of three. And the Nazis came to the house and said, are you hiding Jews? And my grandma said, no. How old was she? I, I, I would be wrong if I answered you. I Not five. No, 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 no. She was like 15, 20, something like that. she was old enough to talk to the officers. And they did a whole tour of the house, and they didn't find them. And (sighs) my grandma tells me that story that, like, she saved. She literally saved the family, bro. Literally. Like, we never feel that, like, that's war. That's things they felt on the reg because the war was on their turf. It's cooking, everybody. This conversation I just had is with a superstar of the hospitality industry, a genuinely great guy, and my lifelong best friend since we were four or five years old. I am joined in the bunker today by my buddy Nico Karolidis. I knew the hardest part of getting him in here would be actually convincing him to do this, but once I did, I knew he'd be a natural. He was. Once we started talking about soccer, I mean, it was off to the races. This guy... Love this dude. It's like like my brother, basically. So I, I wasn't going to do this podcast without bringing him in here, and I look forward to doing it again 100%. You're basically getting two old friends bullshitting like we always do. And it, it's funny because I'm like more nervous when it's him coming in because like I want it to be just perfect. So hopefully I loosened up there after a while there, but he's awesome. So you, you'll thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy him. Now... If you haven't gotten your 8Sleep Pod Pro mattress or your 8Sleep Pod Pro cover yet, do you want to sleep better at night or don't you? It's a very very simple question because I don't know why you haven't gotten it. We all have to sleep, and 8Sleep is bringing tech to sleep. Now you say, okay, well, I don't want to buy a full mattress. Well, let me tell you what the mattress does first, and then we'll get to the next thing, okay? The mattress is hooked into 8Sleep's proprietary app. And adjusts all kinds of shit, including the temperature of your body throughout the night and your sleep stages, to your preferences to be able to give you a full night's sleep. And make you feel like you got eight hours of sleep when really maybe you only slept six. So whatever you're sleeping on right now, if it's a foam mattress or something like that where you have to do all the work and lay back and get rid of your thoughts and then shut your eyes and hope something good happens, eight sleep will scientifically and technologically, if you will, help you actually get there fall asleep, stay asleep, and not be restless. And by the way, it adjusts to different sides of the bed. So if you and your partner have different preferences and sleep stages, their app will adjust to that. And again, keep the two sides in a different in a different setting accordingly to be able to get you both your own great night's sleep. Now, the second part of it, and this is why I said Let me explain the mattress first. The second part of it is the cover. The cover is not the full mattress. It's also much less expensive than the mattress. And the cover, the 8 Sleep Pod Pro cover, comes in queen bed sizes and king bed sizes. And all it is is the same exact thing as the mattress, except if you like the feel of the current mattress that you sleep on, which is perfectly acceptable, you can just get the cover and put it on top of that mattress and get all the same benefits that the actual Pod Pro full-blown mattress gives you. 
So the mattress itself starts at around $3,000. The cover starts at around $1,700. And if you use the link in my description or the link in my Instagram bio, whatever floats your boat, and then the code TRENDIFIER at checkout on either one of those two items, you will get $100 off. And trust me, you will not regret it. It's a phenomenal product. People who are very into performance like athletes and things like that this is the kind of thing they swear by you can check out some of the people who are behind the product on eight sleeps website and i also know that a lot of people who aren't officially paid to be on the product use it it's it's very very well liked and it's it's basically starting to take over the mattress world here i mean tech improves everything so shout out to eight sleep they're doing an awesome job and if you want to support the show and get a better night's sleep hit that link use that code get one of them you'll love me for it Anyway, if you're not subscribed, please subscribe. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. And if you're on YouTube right now, hit that subscribe button, hit that bell button, and leave a like and comment on this video, if you would, please. To everyone who has been leaving a five-star review with a comment on Apple Podcasts, thank you. It's huge. If you don't listen on Apple Podcasts and you're a Spotify person or you watch on YouTube and you happen to own an iPhone and you can take a minute to go to the show page on Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review with a comment, it is a huge help and I would really, really appreciate it if you did. Finally, to all of the listeners out there, the loyal listeners, once again, if you have a favorite recent episode or if you really like this episode and you'd like to send it to a friend who listens to podcasts who you think would enjoy it, that'd be awesome. That word of mouth thing, if we could start doing that every week, that will continue to grow the audience and this podcast will continue to grow and your boy here will be able to eat thanks to all of you. I appreciate everything you do and once again, thank you for listening to the show. That said, you know what it is. I'm Julian Dory and this is Trend this is one of the great questions in our culture. Where is the nuance? You're giving opinions and calling them facts. Everyone understands this, but few seem to do it. If you don't like the status quo, start asking questions. When I like tune in with all my cousins in Greece, man, and I hear like what like what they're what they're going through they were in complete lockdown for nine months Com- to be, to, complete lockdown to be clear you're a dual greek citizen so you have yeah. a great understanding yeah, you haven't been yeah. over there like this year but you have a no great... i haven't been over there in two years okay but your yeah. whole life you spent months out of the year over all there. summers all the time with you know my family and my cousins and all but so what's it look like over Dude, there like when i check in with them just to see like what's going on in europe well, i mean europe and greece mm-hmm. and italy Dude, it's ridiculous. They have it so. They had it so much worse than us. How That's so? why I'm like, you know, like we live in the best country in the world, bro. Yep. And we handled. I mean, we're handling COVID because it's not done yet. Um, a lot better than a lot of other countries. So, like, if I have to go into a restaurant and wear a mask, yeah, and then sit down and have a beer and chill with my friends and take it off, I'm like, at least I get to do that. They were they were locked down for eight months, complete lockdown. You would have to text the government that you are leaving your house to walk your dog, to go to the grocery stores, and ha- you'd have to get an approval, an approved message. Wait a second. On your on your phone. They were texting a human being at the government. 
you personally had to text a number, a government number, to leave your home and wait for an approval to leave your home. And then you were when able you to When you say go. leave your home, does that include literally walking outside? Yes, walking outside. You had to text the government to yeah, walk outside. And get an approval. You had to wait for an approval. Did they say like yes? Like, they what? said yes or no. I don't know what so, they said. So, I never I never did it. So they could say no. I oh, I need to walk outside. No, you can't. I don't know, man. I don't know. That's fucking crazy. But you had like if you went and you didn't have an approval, they could stop you and say, Okay, what's your reasoning for being out? And you'd show them. You know, you'd be like, Good, look, like I texted, I got an acceptance, I'm I'm good, I'm clear. Did you have any friends just like sneak out and not do it? Um, no, not, no. So did no, that? No, because the fines, the fines were so bad. Who the fuck? Fines, bro. The, fines. So they had cops out on the year, street. All the time. All the time. Right now, right now in Greece, uh, they stopped the lockdown, the complete lockdown. And you're able to like go out to the bars. There's an 11 o'clock curfew, which is absurd for Greece. Because yeah. you remember when we went, how it was? The, people don't go out until 12 a.m. Dude. Can, can you tell people about the, Listen to this. About the culture so, in Greece and nightlife? Just describe that for people. It's a lot later. Everything <laughs> everything is later and everything is slower. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, the clubs would open around 2 or 3. And then they would close around like noon, 11, <laughs> noon. So um, he's not kidding. Everything, everything's later. Um, but dude, you right now you you can't stay at a bar for later than eleven o'clock, and there's no music in the bars. They they disallowed music, so it's just silent. It's silent. All you hear is the shakers. Has everyone just got AirPods in, or dude, no music. No music at the beach bars, no music at the bars. That's why, like, when I think of COVID here, I'm like, wow, like, we got it great. Think about Comparatively it. Comparatively speaking. Com- to the majority of, probably the majority of the countries. And we have the resources. We have the muscle. We're in the yeah. best country in the world, bro. So when I talk about COVID, I'm like, dude, like, you can't be bitching about COVID here. You can't be. I think that it's like anything else. Just because you have it the best doesn't mean you don't want to improve things that are wrong with any type of system. Right? Yeah. Like even with our government, that's a very common one people talk about. Like I rip on the government all the time. I think these two parties are ridiculous. I think the whole thing's a goddamn charade in D.C. I say that and then at the same time I also say that if I think our government's a piece of shit, it is by far the best piece of shit in the world. Yeah. And it, you know what I mean? It's not close doesn't mean i don't want to see a lot of things change and see it improve so i think a lot of people here first of all i I, that's an amazing perspective you have and obviously it's a lot to do with your background and and some of the things you have access to that other people Mm -hmm. don't but also seeing as how frustrating it is being in the restaurant business and things that you couldn't do to still have that perspective is amazing that said i don't think that changes the narrative for people around this country who maybe had a business for 30, 40 years that got shut down and it's never going to open up again and they feel like they have nothing to live for. I don't think that that narrative changes because Greece had it worse. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I appreciate where you're coming from. I just worry about some of the long-term damage this did to people. I'm like, look, I I get it. Like 
unprecedented situation. We had to do some things. I don't doubt that at all. It's just the length that we went. I mean, frankly, I never said anything until those second lockdowns came. Like November, December is when I started to go, oh, this is... They only um, they only did PA. They didn't lock down Jersey. PA, New York, yeah. PA, New York. So I, I guess Jer- yeah. Jersey was... Jersey didn't get shut Jersey down. got pretty... Like Murphy got relatively looser. Yeah. Like as it went along. Compared to, compared to like PA, New York and PA. Yeah. Began loose and then tightened up a little bit. They they shut us down before the holidays. And then they opened us up again after the holidays. They shut us down for three weeks and then opened us up again. Jersey stayed open. Yeah. It's, it's weird. I mean. I, it was, look. It's weird, but it is what it is. People like right. to go right at corruption with stuff. I'm sure yeah. there was elements of that in places. Know. No doubt about it. But there's also. To me, it was like a lot of the guessing game was just Mm -hmm. stupidity. The worst has got to come for me in COVID, though. Wait, what? For the restaurant industry? Yeah. For me, the worst has got to come, I believe. Why do you say that? Because there are tremendous staff limitations in factories where they're manufacturing and producing food. And a lot of the items that I order are not available. Wait a second. That's interesting coming from you. Because you guys own a food distributorship on yeah. top of the whole business. I mean, yeah. you guys got the real vertical integration going. Hell of a business. But yeah. you still can't get food? Yeah. There's a shortage. So it, when you're ordering stuff, you're a talking national about, shortage. You're talking about ordering stuff like through through the distributorship. Yeah. Yeah. How long has this been going on, the shortage? Uh, two or three months. And what kinds of things like aren't like you chi- able to chicken get? Chicken wings. Chicken, get them. chicken wings, we get them, but um, it's we're not making money off of it because they're that expensive. Yeah, and after the summer, they're saying that there's going to be a national shortage of crab meat. What? I'm, I'm trying to think like the, the parallel or correlation there. F- there's staff limitations in factories, and they can't produce enough. And are you talking about factories? Within, within this country? Yes. Manufacturing food at the farms. Um, Why do you think that is? <laughs> Why do I think that is? We'll go there. Let's do it. You know the answer to that. What's the answer? I don't know the answer. I might know the answer, but I don't know. Come on, man. Is it the government? It's the unemployment. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. That's why, huge, huge shout out, love, and thanks to all my employees that stuck with me. We never had to complete shut down. They stuck with me. They worked for us. That's amazing. They, you know, they could have said no, like I quit, or I, I don't want to work anymore, or I don't feel safe. But the, th- yeah, the support that I had, not just from the community, but from my workforce that stayed next to me and worked with me through everything. Huge shout out. Thanks and love to that. Cause I it wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to run my business without the employees and the staff and the support. So, um, that's awesome. That, that was, I think the, th- something that I will always, always cherish and remember and be thankful for. 
Now, are you running into any problems though now where you can't get enough people? Yeah. Right now, mm. right now, just because everything's opening up again and the business is starting to get mm-hmm. back to like normal. Yeah. With the dine-in opening up last week. The and, bar's and open. PA, the bar's open. You can sit at the bar top now. Um, now I'm starting to like really find myself being short in a lot of aspects but i think it's gonna it's gonna get i think it's gonna get worse for big big companies and big factories and the mass the mass production it's really really struggling with labor i remember very short a friend of ours i'm not gonna not gonna say who but he hit he hit me up maybe three four weeks into the pandemic last year Mm -hmm. when so at the beginning, obviously, like everything, like they weren't being loose with the term essential business unless it was literally like food or something like that. But then they allowed some other places to be operational, mm-hmm. maybe like four weeks in. And our friend hit me up and said, we got a big problem because they thought they were going to die because they in a day when it shut down, they lost their entire revenue for the next basically 12 months. And they're like, holy shit, this company that was a multi-million dollar company Mm. now is suddenly like we can't pay our bills so they get back open and they're trying to salvage as much of that to cover their operating costs for the year and they need to bring their people back but they couldn't pay their people enough Mm -hmm. because the government was paying them more Mm -hmm. and they're like what the fuck do we do he's like Mm -hmm. bro this is going to be a problem on everything and like look i obviously empathize with the fact that you know, when you shut down people's ability to eat, you know, th- and the government was forcing it, then the government's got to pay them out. I get that. And and maybe even early on like that, like four weeks in, I get it if we weren't readjusted, right? Because mm-hmm. shit was still wild right then. And we didn't know a lot. But my understanding, and I'm going to go above my pay grade here with some of this because I haven't crunched all the numbers inside now. But my understanding is that a lot of those systems and benefits have remained very much the same and people are still getting that and you know here we are 15 16 months in and now it's actually affecting things where people who already had jobs they hated and maybe lives they hated and had a lack of purpose or whatever it is you know they they didn't feel good in their job they're making enough sitting at home and they've gotten so used to just scrolling on their phone and getting addicted to this thing that they hate but they love it you know what i mean that now they're like oh nah fuck that we don't need to go work again and we're not at a point where we've already just been able to take the robots and put them in there to the jobs that are going to get automated away. So overnight, you can't just rip off that Band-Aid. Right. So you're seeing that in food. Yeah. Seeing that in food. And when did you say – you told me this, but when did it start again? Like a couple the months ago? Shortages. We, yeah. Well, price increases have been going up uh, for the inventory. Everything's been increasing, everything. But the shortages probably within the past two weeks. I worry about we're, like, we're ordering things and they're like, we don't have it. I'm like, all right, well, I have to take it off my menu. I mean, what yeah. the heck? <laughs> I mean, food is one of the most interesting ones because it's so fast. You don't order food for like, you know, we're going to store that for six months. There's some things you can, obviously. Mm-hmm. But like, there's a lot of shit. You're like ordering it because you need it. You know, like people are eating. 
and then going to shit it out and come back and order it again. So when you get a supply chain interruption like that, dude, a shockwave of even like two or three, like a shockwave, like two or three weeks can fuck over the whole year for the entire yeah. business. Yeah. The other good thing is, the other good thing we have in our advantage is we make a lot in-house. We, yeah. We make a lot of our own stuff. So, I mean, there's not going to be a shortage of butter or like uh, salt or, you know, we make our we make our own soups. We make our own sauces. We make our own desserts. We, we make a lot. A lot of our appetizers are made by us. So um, what about the ingredients, though? That's the thing. The ingredients yeah. are are com like common necessity. They're running out of things like that come ready that you have to freeze and just you know drop in the fryer or something. You know what I mean? I do. Like know you're not gonna have a shortage of milk. Are we? You, you can't have a shortage of it. The the price will go up, but you can't have like of a common necessity like eggs, milk. But if there's not, they're not gonna say we have a shortage of that. If there's the, not the, the people taking the prices. That's what I'm saying, though. If there's not the people taking care of getting that to you, I'm not just talking the farmers. It like, could happen. It could happen, but I think that's unrealistic extreme. Have you seen this pipeline hack? And then I just saw the other one the, came across. The oil? There was the oil, and then there was the something. It just happened like three, four days ago, but I haven't looked at it yet. I just thought of it. It was like in the meat sector. Something like that. I see that. So there was some other hack on like, I'll, I'll have to pull that up and check it. But there was the hack on the pipeline. Yeah. That then, I don't know if you saw some of the videos online from that, by the way. No, I didn't. Oh my God. So you didn't see the lady filling up gas in plastic bags? No. Oh my God, dude. You haven't seen that video? No, I don't. Bro. I really don't tune into that much. I got to show Yeah, you're busy. I got to show you this. But when we had people were getting so worried about the goddamn gas that they were like, <laughs> the gas did go up though, bro. Oh, it did. It did go but up. But they, they <laughs> this lady starts filling bags, like literally shopping bags. She's at a gas pump. This is when I start to lose a little faith in humanity. But she's at a gas pump, and she starts filling the shopping bag with gas. You can't make this where, shit up. Where is this? Look at this. This is somewhere in America. Look, look. There's gas in that fucking bag. <laughs> look at, look at it sloshing, and now she's tying it. Hold on, hold on. She's gonna put it in her trunk now too. <laughs> oh, now she she's have like a gas. Oh, tank? she's double bagging it. She's, I forgot about that. She she thought double bagging it was going to do the trick. There's fucking gas. <laughs> There's gas leaking all over the crowd. <laughs> where, where is this, bro? Bro, I don't know. But, uh You sure this is? Oh, and you know what? That was the other thing. This is an old video too. This isn't even from the gas shortage. This was another. This was not even during a time of desperation. This was December 2019. I forgot about that. But there were funny videos of people doing it during the shortage. But she is literally filling her trunk with plastic bags of gasoline. America, man. I don't know what to tell you. But I mean, we saw what that can do. So I mean, it hiked prices. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, like that's happening 
in in oil, you know? It's going to be happening in a lot of a lot of places. Like if it's happening in the oil business, it's happening in the food business, it's going to be happening everywhere, man. These shortages and I think this is just the beginning. That's what I meant when I said like the hardest part right now I think is still yet to come. Yeah, this was, by the way, I just pulled this up while you were talking. This was the latest hack, and this is why it's interesting, because you're bringing up food. Largest meat producer getting back online after cyber attack. So this is directly in meat. You were saying you were having problems with chicken. Obviously, that happened before this did. But this is from the AP. I'll have the link probably on the site. But the world's largest meat processing company has resumed most production after a weekend cyber attack, but experts say the vulnerabilities exposed by this attack and others are far from resolved. In a statement late Wednesday, the FBI attributed the attack on Brazil-based meat processor JBSSA to R-Evil, a Russian-speaking gang, always a Russian-speaking gang, that has made some of the largest ransomware demands on record in recent months. The FBI said it will work to bring the group to justice and it urged anyone who is the victim of a cyber attack to contact the Bureau immediately. The attack targeted servers supporting JBS's operations in North America and Australia. Backup servers weren't affected and the company said it was a, not aware of any customer, supplier, or employee data being compromised. What did they... It stopped production, though, or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I don't have time to look through the article right now, but it stopped. So this is like a perfect example yes, of like what, what I was saying. talking about. Like, say I was in the business of uh, like a steakhouse, and then a lot of my cuts were Brazilian steak. Like th that would definitely aid to either a shortage or a tremendous price increase. Supply and, and demand, man. Yeah, man. That's crazy. I read anyway. the I read this book right at the beginning of the pandemic. It was one like the first three weeks of the pandemic when the market was crashing. I was working with the clients all day, and then at night I was building this. And then on the weekends I'd find some free time, and I I got through a few books. And one of the ones I read that I was like it was a page turner. I went through it in like six hours, just boom, boom, boom. It was called Sandworm. You ever hear of that? Mm -mm. It was by, what the hell is his name? Great tech report. Andy Greenberg. That's it. So he's a great reporter who was with, I believe, Wired for a lot of years. I don't know if he's still there, but well-known tech reporter. He was a guy who had a lot of the Silk Road story back in the day. And it was all about these Russian government-sponsored hacking teams and what they've done. And how they've been able to do it. You know, so everyone was talking about the election in 2016. That was one thing. And there was a lot there. But first of all, it's not just always government sponsored. Just like, you know, they find some hackers and say, yo, we'll help you out. They literally bring them into the government too. Yeah. So there's a team in the GRU, which is like a Russian like state police or something like mm -hmm. that, called the 77445. And they're, I believe they are codename like fancy bear i could be mixing up a couple of the ones but fancy bear was like a famous hacking group that was responsible for a lot of hacks i think around it was ransomware i don't want to say it was around but th there were what it was around but there was a lot of public stories on things that they had done and the thing that scared the fuck out of me with that book was how they described what they were testing out to be able to do so as an example you know, Russia's always picking on Ukraine, 
Mm. Always, you know, the whole Crimea thing. But they shut down, and a lot of Americans don't know this, they shut down the entire power system in Ukraine for like five days one time. Just hacked in. Because all this shit, everything we do now is backed by computer servers. It's not separate from like the cloud, right? So they can do this. And they get it like we've done it too. Like the NSA famously did it. I mean, it's been exposed now. They did it to Iran, which is kind of funny. Sorry. But when Iran was producing nuclear weapons down, you know, below ground somewhere secret in Iran, Iran, I never remember how to say it, but they would ha- they would wait until they got to the final step. Like they would spend months building this fucking nuclear bomb and then the final step would involve them hitting a button and testing like a transistor or something that tested whether i'm gonna get way above my pay grade but tested like whether the uranium was going to be potent enough or whatever and every single time they would test it the nsa would be like all right now now's the time to blow it and they'd hit a button because it's connected to a computer system and they'd blow it up and all the guys would be like what the fuck like freaking out every single time but the same way that we did that that's how like these russian teams and other foreign agents have been hacking into systems and so now you know, fast forward over a year later after I'm reading this, I'm seeing shit that could very well be that happen. And now, you know, this meatpacking one, they are attributing that to a Russian hacking team. And so, like, we look at this world now where you can be in a traditional business, like, you know, running a restaurant or running a bar or, you know, running a basic, I mean, shit, dude, anything that requires any kind of parts, anything that requires any any type of resource, which is pretty much anything. And out of nowhere, something halfway around the world, up in space, up in, up in the cybersphere, can totally pull the rug out from under you. It's almost mm-hmm. like COVID is a symbol mm-hmm. rather than the actual rule itself. It's crazy to think about. It's nuts. And so, like... The side effects, I feel like, haven't really hit yet. Of what do you mean COVID. side effects? Like in, in the markets that we're talking about, like in manufacturing companies mm. and stuff like that, the like COVID still hasn't hit that part yet. It affected our lives. Mm-hmm. Our like daily, yeah, let's go out. Let's get a drink. You can't. So yeah. it shot that. Yeah. The first step was that. Things were closed. You couldn't really live the life that you were used to living. But now we're going we're gonna to be seeing some really interesting things, I feel like. Not just price increases, but shortages in, in many different ways, whether it's gas or food or like, I, I feel, I don't know. And it I all feel come, like we're going to get surprised. It all comes back. There's a surprise coming up. That's just how I what feel. What do you mean? Hold on, hold on. I can't let you get off that. Dude, I'm telling you. I you just, can't just say I surprise. What's I just, the surprise? I feel like right now, everything's up and running. We're at 100% capacity. You can mm-hmm. go out. You can get a drink. But like, I don't know. I just have a feeling that like, like these shortages are starting to hit us. We've never had shortages before. It's like, what the I heck? mean, we have, but I but understand. Not, not, not to this like extent. This. Yeah. Not, like, yeah. we've never, ha- like, in my life, I have never seen, like, a shortage of food the way I'm seeing it, a shortage of fuel the way I'm seeing it. Where okay. It's, where it's unexpected like yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. The yeah. gas went up. Uh, it's at 350. Okay. But, like, 
14 gas stations out of 20 in North Carolina don't have gas. You're like, wait, what? They don't have gas? And they're lined up to get gas? It's like there's no gas? It's like, what? Shortages and like things like this? And I just feel like it's just the beginning. You know what I mean? I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't know. No, I I think there's... A... I mean, I'm, I, I was just... I always just expect the worst because it's my... It's how I'm wired to expect like the worst. And I'm just like, okay, you know, if this is happening, imagine what's going to happen next. What could happen next? That's the thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. That That's always like in the back of my mind of like owning and running my own restaurant. I expect the worst. So I see this stuff and I'm like, okay, if this can happen, then fucking this can happen. I you think know that, what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Does I, it make sense what I'm saying? 100%. My train of thought goes there. 100%. Naturally, it goes there. You know, I think that's what we're doing on everything as a society now, because this was so crazy. This whole thing. I mean, absurd. Mm -hmm. do, do you remember calling me? I, I'll never forget this. You called me on Saturday, March 14th. I'd started quarantining the day before. Mm -hmm. And you were like, yo, what's up, man? Mm -hmm. I was like, yo. And yeah. you're like, you're like, so what's going on? I'm like, yo, bro, how, how are you? And, yeah. and you're like, my luck, I'm good. What, what, what's, what's cooking? I'm like... <laughs> Are, are you okay? Like, what? What's you is the scared, restaurant? Man. Is the restaurant gonna live? You're like, what, what are you talking about? What do you mean? Is a restaurant gonna? Of course, it's gonna live. I'm like, Nico, I don't think you're gonna be open on Monday. What? What? I'll never forget that. And then Monday, you were morning, scared, man, dude. I was spooked the fuck you out. You were scared, man. Spooked the because I was up there, and oh, I you were in. New oh York. my god, man. And I was with a doctor yeah. on Friday the 13th in the morning. And he was the guy that – and this guy was like a cool cat. And he was like, listen, I kind of thought this was bullshit a couple weeks ago. Uh -huh. I don't now. And he explained uh -huh. the whole thing and I was like, oh, fuck. And then like I started getting friends or people I knew who had it and had it bad like that day. And I was yeah, like, yeah. holy listen, fuck. It turned the world upside down and, you know – it's something that we have to deal with and our lives are going to change forever. But in my short life, bro, COVID showed me how, how dangerous fear could have mm. and the impact fear could have on people. It's a bad thing, man. Fear is a bad thing. It's a great tool. It's, it's, it's not good. It's a great tool, though. Like, and I don't mean that like great. Like, oh, it's great. Like, I mean, it's like a Bronx tale right now. If <laughs> how's it like a Bronx tale? Yeah, when he's talking with Sonny about the fear and all love, oh, would yeah. you rather be loved or feared? I'd rather be feared. Yeah, but dude, it's it's powerful, man. Fear. COVID made us fear each other. Yes. Like you were afraid to come to my house. At the, I at mean, the, at the very beginning. In the beginning. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, you know, respect. I'm not. I'm not like one of those people that COVID doesn't exist. You know, right, I respect right, COVID. Right, yeah. Gabriella, my my girlfriend forever that I love so much. She's a doctor. She's around this all the time. She 100%. tells me the inside scoops of it. I'm very understandable about COVID and the impacts that it can have on somebody, and it changes from person to person. But like, it's just. The, that the fact that you were afraid to come to my house, bro, it's crazy. It's nuts. It's crazy. At, at, at the very beginning, 
on what I was getting and like when it was hitting home, like, you know, the guy who worked three feet to the left of me, wild story, but mm -hmm. healthy guy, late forties in shape, like played on yeah. the softball team, worked out four days a week. He actually lived. And I say actually lived because he was in a coma on a respirator for 55 days. Yeah. He was one of the first ones to go down, right? Like bad. And so I knew all this at the time. I was like, holy fuck. And I was also, I was running around New York City. Died a whole month leading up to it. And I'm like, oh my God, did I give it to him? Am I, like I was freaking out. I didn't. But, you know, yeah. it was, it, you're right though. It made us, at the very beginning, there was absolutely a reason for that. Because mm -hmm. no one knew what the, there, no was, one knew. there was no data. There was, I mean, dude, we were putting people on respirators and God bless the doctors. No one knew. That was a horrible idea. Killed people. You know, no one tried to do that. That's just what happened. We didn't realize, oh, yeah. that's not how you treat it. You know, that's one example out of a million. We knew mm. nothing. So, like, the fear, I get it. Mm. Your point, though, is huge because fear is not just this quote-unquote weapon that's used for, like, a week and then people go, oh, okay, you can go back. Mm -hmm. Once it's used and individuals or entities in a society gain power off of it, then they want more. Yeah. Then they want more. Then they want more. And they want more. And they want more. And we saw that. It, it's not like people love to go right at the government. Obviously, I do too. But it's not just that. Like, look at who won here. You know, look at... I, I do look at Amazon and say, like, they were fucking cleaning up. You know? Yeah. And, and then, you know, Bezos owns the Washington Post. And the Washington Post is putting out all these stories for months and months and a year about how we need a lockdown. And I'm like, well, that, that's a little bit of a conflict of interest, you know? Because the more locked down we are, the more packages that you're fucking sending from Amazon to all these goddamn places. And mm -hmm. I, I don't care what you say. That's how it looks. You know? That's, and, and we saw this type of thing. We saw the clear winners. And... I, I love that you bring – love is the wrong word, but I I appreciate the fact that you bring that up because I have been thinking about fear and the power of marketing that fear holds within it a lot mm -hmm. recently. And I mean I guess what you're trying to say is that those attitudes we had like day one have just persisted and in your opinion, you reached a point whenever that was. I won't speak for you. I'll let you speak. But – you know, you reached a point somewhere along there where it's like, okay, well, what's going to be is going to be. You know, there's mm -hmm. only so much I can control. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I saw it at first hand with, you know, just being around people all the time. And then my dining room's closed and I'm able to do takeout and delivery. And even with takeout, like, people were afraid, bro. Mm. Like, we were doing curbside pickup and they're like, okay, we can leave, like, leave the food on the ground. I'm like... You want me to leave the food on the ground? Like, you don't want me to put it in your trunk? You're like, no, leave it on the ground and, like, walk away. I'm like, right? It's like I'm holding, like, a gun or something. But anyway, it changed our life, changed the world. It is what it is. Yeah, life, let's see how we come Life out goes on. Yeah. Life goes on. Things change. Nothing lasts forever. The ball keeps on rolling. That's and, – and that's the thing. I'm – I am – cautiously optimistic now and i really i really am because what i've seen the last month is a lot of great signs from people and obviously saw the mass mandate get lifted which was obviously 
very much needed considering the yeah. logic behind the fact that a lot of people were able to get vaccinated. Yeah. Like I'm fully vaccinated now. So yeah. if people like you and me had access to that at this point, like, yeah, look, man. it's everywhere. It's in CVSs. It's in fucking train yeah. stations. You can get it anywhere. Yeah. Like, so if you didn't get it, no problem. Like, that's your decision. That's Takes not what two I would minutes. do. You go, boop, That's goodbye. it. And so, like, we're at a point where the people who have gotten it or the people who haven't gotten it, it's not because they didn't have a chance to. Yeah. And, you know, chances are they elected not to. So they let's fucking They elected not go. to because I don't, I, I don't want to talk about COVID too much, but it's just, I don't know, man. It's What do you think of that, They're pushing. It's too much, man. What, with I, the, I feel with the like, vaccine? Yeah. 100%. It's like, here, take the vaccine. I'll give you uh, season tickets to the Sixers game. You're just like, you're like, oh, wait, whoa. <laughs> why the heck? All right, we are talking about this. Why are you this. giving me season tickets to the Sixers game to take the vaccine when something's not right here? I, it's, I, it's, I don't know, man. I got a theory on this. <laughs> I got a theory on this. I want to run it by you. All right. I love that you brought this up. I think that the vaccine is the latest thing that the two parties want to use as a major divisive tactic to divide the quote-unquote 99% of society below the 1% and make them hate each other over something. My theory is that the way these entities, meaning Republicans and Democrats, stay in power is that they consistently convince, and it's not just my theory, there's a lot smarter people than me who have put this out there for a long time and I'm just parroting it, but they've consistently convinced people that their enemies are each other, you know, as the wealth gap opens up and everyone gets more and more pissed off at what they can and can't do in society and a lack of purpose, all this shit. Oh, no, it's not the fault of the people who are fucking you over in power. No, no, no it's not their fault. I Meaning it's not our fault. It's the fault of, oh, that guy over there who has a different skin color or likes a different way of doing something on some political belief. Therefore, you two need to fight about that and hate each other. And so when I look at this vaccine, I, I float way above it, right? So I'm fully vaccinated. I had no hesitation in doing it. it. Makes me feel great. I don't have to worry about a goddamn thing. I wasn't that worried, to be mm-hmm. honest. I'm a mid-20s male. Like, it's not much for me to worry about. But now I really don't have to worry. And the science of the vaccine is fantastic. This is one of the most successful vaccines ever made, regardless of whatever happened behind the scenes as far as like who got to make it and whatever. I don't fucking care. Like if people line their pockets with it, more power to them. Fuck them. Like if they get caught, send them to jail. I'm more worried about does it work or doesn't it. Uh-huh. And it works. And then when you look at the science behind it and what people will convince themselves, bro, there is no microchip from Bill Gates going into your veins. <laughs> Period. Yeah. But, your point about the too much thing, they are marketing this to get people to not take it. What's the number one, not the number one, but one of the many rules of psychology? If you want someone to do something, uh-huh. if, if you want someone to do something, the best way to get them not to do it is to fucking pull them aside and tell them to do it over yeah. and over again. They are convincing very smart people. Might I add from across the political spectrum, it's not just right-wingers. They're convincing very smart people. I've gotten texts from the last people in the world I would assume it from to question things and be like, no, this is fucking crazy. Like there's something going on here and get scared because they're getting push-button notifications from fucking Instagram as to where they are right now and where they can get the nearest vaccine. It's nuts. It is nuts. 
It is nuts. It's a little too much, but I'm not doubting the science behind it. I'm not doubting the doctors or anything. Yep. Agreed. It's it's I think they're doing it. They're pushing hard because we've been like this for almost more than a year, man. Yeah. Like yeah. I think it's time for the everything to start moving, the economy to start getting back to normal, everything to start getting back to normal. And just get rid of the fear, get the vaccine. Let's get back to normal, basically. And a lot of people are skeptical because, you know, this made us question a lot of, you know, the news and everything. Exactly. This whole year made us change our whole image of the news. And I feel like that's why there's a lot of pushback. Do you watch any news? No. Yeah. I never smart. have. Never. Smart. Only soccer. <laughs> Only soccer. They don't inject the news into that, do they? Only soccer. That's the realest thing for me. What actually? What went on? Can I have some more whiskey? Oh, are you empty over same there? Price. You're hiding behind the thing. Yeah, it's the same price. All right. What actually? Explain that though. What, what? was going on with that league? They made this is like a the month Champions ago. League thing. Yeah, that was explain a, this. I'm lost. A hooks, bro. That was a hooks. Two days. It lasted two days. But what was it? And it's over. It's over, right? You really want me to explain? Yes, all this explain it. All right. So the beauty of soccer in Europe is that if you do well, you get rewarded. And that's not the case in American sports. For example, if you're in last place in the NBA, you're still in the NBA. You don't go to the D-League. Mm, yeah. In soccer, it's different in Europe. Relegated, you're right? in, Yeah, you get relegated. You, you do shit one year in the NBA, you're out of the NBA, you're in the D-League. Mm-hmm. And that allows the lower the lower clubs, it gives them something to look forward to. It gives them a vision of a dream of being in the NBA for like the smaller teams that are in the D-League. Right. You know what I mean? And what they wanted to do was create an their own league. Who? Like the 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 dominant teams in Europe, all like all your the different leagues. Real Madrids, yeah. your Barcelonas. No, the the biggest clubs in Europe wanted to create their own league, and they would consistently play against each other all the time. So, I mean, it'd be great for spectators. It'd be good for business. It'd be great for TV. It'd generate a lot of money because you'd constantly be watching. Manchester United, Real Madrid, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Real Madrid versus Liverpool, Liverpool versus Barcelona, Liverpool versus United. Like, would the, they be leaving their existing leagues? No, it'd be a separate league. Oh, so they're playing in like two leagues. And they wanted to stop Champions League. And they wanted to have their own league of the best teams in Europe consistently, constantly playing against each other. Wait, but how time. is that different? Because Champions League, you have to qualify Champ- for yeah. yeah. Champ Like okay. Pauk, for example. Pauk, my favorite soccer team in the whole wide world. <laughs> Knew we were going to get that in here. They never entered Champions League, ever. They've always played in Europa League, which is, you know, the league below. But mm. if this, if this uh, Champions League thing that they tried to create that failed ended up going through and getting approved... Balk would never be able to play again in Champions League, ever. Because it'd be 12 teams constantly playing against each other, and you couldn't get 
you couldn't have the opportunity for the small clubs. And there was no system to boot a team if they sucked for a while? What do you mean? So, like, when they were setting up this... What cheers. was the, Oh, cheers to you. What was this hypothetical league so, called? Super League. Okay. They called it the Super League. So once the 12 teams were in there, there yeah. was no way that a new team could join and won't no. get dropped. You're last in the Super League, you stay in the Super League, just like the NBA. I think... All right. I think it's a little different than the NBA because in the NBA drafts and first round drafts, yes. second round drafts. Yep. And in the there's M- that system in the NBA, the D League teams or G League teams as they're now called, they used to be D League. They are not even remotely close to the worst NBA roster. They couldn't beat the worst NBA roster on like on a day where they all had cancer. Like yeah. it, 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 no shot. Whereas in Europe, and it, there is I'm sorry such to cut a, you off. Yeah, I'm go sorry ahead. to cut you off. It's because of the, the system. But how's that wrong? Like, how's the NBA wrong about that then? Because I'm not the saying si- they're wrong. I'm not saying one system's wrong, one system's oh, right. But oh, I'm okay. saying the D-League teams are completely lousy and way worse than the NBA teams because there's no, there's no relegation. There's no, okay, you're, you're in the NBA. You get fifteen million just for entering the NBA, or you, you, there's no <laughs> advancement. Yeah. So the, the the smaller teams will always stay poor, always. The D League teams will always be lousy and always be poor, and the NBA teams will always be rich and always be great. That's what they try to do with soccer, and that takes away the beauty of the sport. That's the for me. I mean, I watch, you know how we grew up watching all sports. We talk about sports all the time. That's the thing about soccer that I I really, really fell in love with mm. is that there's always a hope for a poor team to get rich. And you see it, and you see it happening. Like in my short life of 27, being 27, 28 years old, I've seen clubs in England watching the Premier League because it's the best soccer in the world. Um, that you know, ten years ago when we when we were chilling in high school, dude, they weren't they weren't even in the Premier League. They weren't even yeah. in the First League, and now they now they're in the Premier League and they're winning the league, and they're rich like Leicester City. Leicester City, bro, was shit fifteen years ago. They didn't have anything, and now everyone knows Leicester City, even here in the states when, where they don't even watch soccer. When's the last time one of those types of teams won a Champions League altogether, though? One Champions League? Better question. When's the last time one of the 12 proposed teams in that new league didn't win the Champions League? The teams that they chose to be in this Super League it was like Real Madrid. have always yeah. won Champions League. Who was it? Real Madrid, Real, Barcelona. United, Juventus, yep. Barcelona. Um, What's the one in Germany? Bayern, yeah, Bayern. Bayern wanted Bayern wanted to get in it. Dortmund wanted to get in it. Uh, PSG. Think of like the richest, yeah. all the richest clubs, bro. All the it's like. Did they come up the, with it, this it overnight was the though, or was it Obviously, like a long? Obviously, it got shut down in two days, bro. They talked yeah, about had, it in the hair salons, and that was it. <laughs> had they been planning it though, like for it a while? It was planned, yeah, but but it got shut down real fast. You want to know why it got shut down? Why did it get shut down? Because Champions League said, okay, you want to join the Super League? You want to be in the Super League? 
You're not allowed to compete and play in the World Cup for your nation. You can't represent your country. Wait, how can they say that? Because Champions League has some pool. It's been. What do you mean they have some pool? That's like a. Champions League. It's the ultimate trophy in soccer. It's bigger than the World Cup. I remember. You used to make me watch that. It's It's actually always It's bigger than the World Cup. So they're like, okay, you want to join this league that goes against the Champions League and not participate in Champions League? Okay, fine. But you're going to be disallowed to compete for your nation. You won't be able to play for France and Mbappe. You won't be able to Neymar. You won't be able to play for Brazil. You won't be allowed to play for the World Cup. So the players were like, All right, "Yeah, they fuck were it. like, fuck this, fuck we're it. out, <laughs> fuck it, I'm out." So, it, you know, it got stopped right away. But that's the beauty of that's the beauty of soccer, man. That's the beauty. There's hope. It gives small clubs like my club in Greece hope to be able to play one day against Barcelona. It can happen. That's pretty cool. Whereas a team in the D League, say you're a fanatic, I don't even know a team in the D League, no but one's say a you're a fan of them. But say you were. Well, you're not because there's no shot you'd play against the Lakers. But I, if there I, was a shot you'd play against the Lakers, you may be a fan. The difference is, though, a Leicester City can happen because the games are different. Basketball and soccer are very different games. In, right? in Europe, it happens. In, in, Euro- in Europe and basketball, in basketball, it happens. But it's Barcelona, also so spread out. Dude, Barcelona like, could not be in in the first division if they lose all the time. First, they get dropped. First of all, the... And then we wouldn't know who Paul Gasol was. The upper echelon of talent, like the highest echelon, obviously, is very good. Once you get below the highest echelon, the talent is very broad. Like, it's not... In the NBA, the seventh and eighth man on a decent okay playoff team you know Mm -hmm. first or second round exit team Mm -hmm. is going to be a fucking monster in european leagues period yeah they are yeah so there is a distribution like nba think of it like the talent level is up at and if you're listening and not watching i'm holding my hands up in like a pyramid above me it's up here at the top of the pyramid and then you kind of have like europe where overall the talent is towards the middle of the pyramid. So it's easier for things to come back to average, right? It's easier for like this team to suddenly like get a be struck by a bolt of lightning and figure it out and have a magical season or a magical run. And I'm not I don't mean to overgeneralize, but like in the NBA, you don't the NBA and, and the D League, look, nothing's impossible. That's not gonna happen though. The the rosters, the D League rosters, European teams could or G League. They used to call it the D League. I'm so used to the D League. But the G League rosters, decent European teams could beat those teams. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. That's not gonna happen in a seven game series in the NBA, not gonna happen. And that's the other thing. In soccer, they play a lot of one if I'm understanding correctly, they don't play series in mm-hmm. this. It's a one gamer. It's just like football. Like football, the, the finals are one game. The finals are one game. Yes, but uh, the knockout stages are two: one home, one away. And soccer, okay. going back to soccer, the other beautiful thing and it's about goal, soccer, it's goal differential. That's the, the only sport. Where wait, question. Is yeah, that it's a goal, differential, goal differential, and it's the only okay. sport where that occurs. Where where a a goal away counts more. Wait, what? A, a, an away goal in soccer. Counts more than a home goal. 
You, I, I told you this before. I did not know this. Yeah, bro. <laughs> what? Yeah. So if I score, what is it? Like 1.25? If we play one game home and one game away, and both scores at the end of both games are tied, whoever has more away goals wins. Does that make sense? Yes. It may, I'm, it's, I'm processing. What if no one has more away goals? Then it's just... What do you mean if no one has more away goals? If, the away, if they're the same, you're saying? Yeah. Then it goes over time, penalty kicks, and stuff like that. But it's the only sport, bro, where an away goal literally counts more. Yeah, that's that's kind for of the goal diff- the aggregate the that's... aggregate when the aggregates are tied, you look at the away goals. Whoever has more away goals advances. That's stupid. Why? That's really stupid. No, bro. No. That's the beauty. That's stupid. That's the beauty of support. That's why the soccer fans are fucking ballistic, man. It's because it, it literally counts. It counts. <laughs> they can never do that in America, dude. It counts, man. So wait, Greece, if Greece has been shut down with COVID this year, they haven't been burning shit down. For soccer? Yeah. They burn it down. They still burn shit saw down? Balk, my team from Greece, yeah. won the Greek Cup two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Had they been playing everyone in front of empty stadiums? Out. Yeah. When they won, though, everyone went to the White Tower, the Lefko Pirgo. Everyone went. Thousands and thousands of people went. Flares everywhere. No masks. No nothing. Did they have to text the government? No. They just want. Listen, when ten thousand people go, who are they? Don't have enough cops to find. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Like, why didn't people just do that? It's because it's it wasn't worth it. But for soccer, it's worth it. For soccer, it's worth of it. Of course. Oh my god. Of course. It's. I wish people could go see that and like see that culture. You, you I've seen it. It's, you've seen it, bro. You've seen it. You felt it. It's gotta, real. It's real, man. It's very and real. You know why it's real? To the extent that it is, it's because there's hope. There's hope for one day mm. for Bauk, who has a ten million dollar budget to play against Barcelona, who has a four hundred fifty million dollar budget. There's hope. That's cool. It's po- it's a possibility. It's a possibility. So net effect is it's a great thing that they shut down this super league. Excellent thing. Excellent thing for my me and my club. Yeah. And for the game. And people were freaking... And but for like, the game. Even in England, like with some of the great teams that were being left out. Uh-huh. Like what? Was Arsenal left out of that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like they were they were flipping out Few in there. England. Few in England because a lot of the teams in England that are good right now came from the bottom. Yeah. They came from nothing. Yeah. A lot. Arsenal, ninth place. Liverpool, sixth place. And then you have Leicester, second. And you're like, who the fuck's Leicester? You know what? I mean, 10 years ago, no one... I mean, I follow soccer all the time. But that's the beauty of soccer, man. And then three, four years ago, you see the Sixers, man. They're losing games on purpose so that they can get a good draft pick. And you're like, what the fuck, bro, man? Bro, like, bro. If, you're a true so- <laughs> if you're a true Sixers fan, you're like bashing your head against... You're like, I don't care about the draft pick. I want you to win a game. <laughs> no. Well, for me, no. for me, this is a true story. This is, you're not you're not gonna believe this shit. This is a true story. When the Sixers lost their 26th game in a row in the 2013-2014 season, it was 
the, I believe like the beginning of March 2014, you were in America and I was in a hotel room with my girlfriend in Thessaloniki watching it on Greek TV saying, Zagaboy like on the TV, the Rebels balls. Like, I didn't know what the fuck they were saying, but I was like, did they lose? And I'm like, oh my God, they lost. My girlfriend's like, what, what, what do you mean? Like, what, why are you happy? I'm like, they lost. We're good. They they just set the record. We're going to get a high draft pick. Like, oh, my God. Dude, I was excited about that because Fuck we were that, motivated dude. to lose that year. Because, listen, Fuck you that. have to have talent to be able to contend. Period. <sighs> it's not, look. It's I'm not, a sore loser, man. And I'm not going to root to lose. Never. It's not. It's look, rooting to lose. When you're watch, I will say this. That, and notice, I said I was watching the highlights. Whenever I watch the games, I can't do that. I can't root to lose. Period. Like, you can't. Like, when well, you're. Yeah. But that's the thing. That was the first season, I think, of my life where I would purposely skip watching games because I'm like, I do know. I remember, dude, you remember we beat, like, the Heat the yeah. first game of that season? Yeah. And we're like, bro, dude. We thought we were going to the title. We're like, oh my God, this is not a tank season. Michael Carter Williams is his second Magic Johnson. I was running around blackout in the basement with fucking Spear and Dylan screaming, we beat the Heat. They won like three in a row and then they were horrible the whole year. And it was like, if that hadn't happened, we wouldn't be enjoying what we're enjoying right now. Yeah. That's true. It's true because of the system and because of the way it is. But in Europe, they, it's not like the draft. They have to go sign players, and they have. You're talking about like you used an example a few minutes ago, where you're like Real Madrid pays their players 450 million a year. We pay whatever we pay them. Mm-hmm. It's like you already that system's not equitable in that way. So yes, the, it uh, is. It is. How's it? Equitable? It just takes more time. Wait, how does that make sense? When when um, Pauk, for example, who sucks, right? When they enter into a, a big a big tournament, so you admit it? Yeah, of course. Okay, of course. Okay, of course I admit it. We got that. We got that. Okay, but I love them dearly, and I support them to the fullest. And the and why I continue, even though they suck, is because there's hope. For example, if Balk wins first place in the Premier or in the Greek League, they win first place, they have a chance to enter Champions League. They have a chance, so they have to. They have to play like two or three teams in order to qualify. If they beat two or three of those teams just for entering into Champions League, or they always participate in Europa League because they never can get into Champions League, but just for entering into Champions League, you get you get money. You get money. Wait, how much money do you get? You get it. Uh, I don't. Uh, ballpark between ten to fifteen million euros. Euros just for entering into the tournament, and then if you win. You get two million. If you win a game, you get two million. If you get a tie, you get a half. You get a half a million. If you lose, you get nothing. And you play, you play, you play, you play into oh. like there's rounds of thirty two, right? There's four clubs. So they get a revenue share. There's four clubs in the round of thirty two. Yeah. yeah. The top two teams, after playing against each other with points, a win is three points, a tie is one point, a loss is zero points. At the end, the top two advance. You get oh, one. you're saying they're each in four team leagues. So, so you like have there's groups eight of four, four teams. Yeah. Okay. Like groups, the World Cup. Like the World Cup. Yeah. And then guess what? When you advance into the round of 16, you get more. You get another 10 million mm. just for advancing. Now you play again, you win, you blah, 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 blah. You, you advance again into the lead eight, another 15 million. So you collect juice. 
you collect, you sign a big player. You sign uh, a well-known good player. He comes to your team. You win. Boop. You keep on. That's how it happens. It's it, it. It takes a little bit more time than like the NBA, where you sign a you sign a a magician. Most people don't do that. And you though. sign a huge player. Most teams. Whereas don't in though. soccer, the way you improve, the way you create your talented team, it's a little bit more in stages. It's not so instant. Oh, number one draft pick. Okay, you get the stud from from Duke. Number one draft. Boom. Makes your team better. It's not like that. It's more in stages. And that's how mm. you create a team. And it's important. Soccer, it's 11 plays. It's not five. You know, you have a whole squad. So it does happen, but not at the speed as as it does in the NBA. How many teams are in across the country? So Britain, Italy, France, uh-huh. Germany, uh-huh. Portugal. How many go to Champions League? No. How many teams are in the top leagues in e- in each of those respective 20, countries? Like, between 20 to 25 teams. Total? Total. No, no, no. Not in Champions League. I mean like... In the leagues. In the first of in, leagues. In each league. Yeah. In each league. Yeah. Not 25 total across... 20. All. Right. Between so it's like... 20 teams. So call it... Across the major countries, call it 150 teams. Right? Yeah, but be careful. England, for example. Mm. England. Two leagues. No, no, no. England is the Premier League, right? Yes. That's England's soccer league. It's the best soccer league in the world. Right? Yeah. The top four teams in England in the Premier League, automatically go to Champions League. Automatically. They don't have to play qualifiers. Yeah, what I'm saying is... So how many teams are in the Premier League? 20? 20. Okay. Let's say 20. So that's Britain. Then you have Germany. You have Italy. Yeah. You have Greece. Yeah. You have Spain. You have all the ones I just listed. So put all the main countries together. A lot of the top teams from those countries don't go to Champions League. I'm not there yet. Oh, okay. I'm not there yet. Okay. The point is, let's call it 150, 200 teams, like legit teams mm-hmm. with a with a prayer. Yeah. With a prayer. Yeah. Across Europe. How many teams total go to Champions League? 32? Right. Okay. So it's the 32 where it's like eight leagues and four. I think you said that, right? 32. So each of these leagues, think about the percentage like how many things have to go right for you to do that like you have one champions league every year if you live a hundred years you live through a hundred champions league you probably don't remember the first five or the last five so you live through 90 right there's 200 fucking teams in europe let's say that there's the 12 powerful ones and there's more than that Mm -hmm. i don't know why they kept it to 12 because like teams like arsenal aren't getting in whatever let's say there's 30 Powerful ones, mm-hmm. deep pockets, big country or big cities, Paris, Rome, wherever, right? London, all these, all these teams. They're always going to be there. Mm-hmm. More often than not, one of those teams is going to win the Champions League. So let's say out of every four years, I'm just doing a hypothetical. Out mm-hmm. of every four years, three of them, one of those main 30, win the title. That leaves in, we'll go, instead of 90, we'll keep it to 100 years like you remember all of them. That leaves in your 100-year life, that leaves 25 years throughout there, that 170 teams are fighting 
to try to win the Champions League. So mm-hmm. the chances of you seeing your little sisters of the poor team actually win it mm-hmm. are next to nothing. Mm-hmm. They're very, very low. Exactly. So it's still not, to me, it's not equitable because like they don't have a, first of all, there's too many teams because it's a big continent. It's not a country. It's a continent, right? And you have all these densely populated areas, all this talent, incredible talent. But you don't have a draft. You have a lot of teams, and you have teams that have big pockets that more often than not are going to be able to use it to buy the best players. It's, it's you know, mm-hmm. it's in sports, it's the right. capitalist system that way. So, like, I, I still don't get, like, to me, we have it very good in the NBA. Yes. Where, guess what? It's only 30 yes. teams. Yes. And I'm just using, there's other leagues, too, I could point to. MLB, good example, whatever. But NFL. But there's only 30 teams. And there's a set draft system. And you know what? You can have a team, like in the NFL, you can have a team like the Chiefs come out of nowhere and draft Patrick Mahomes. Right. You know, that can't happen in Europe. Or it's very hard to. No, it can't happen in Europe. But, like, just imagine, just imagine the Sixers play once a week. Say they only play on Sunday, right? Okay. Sixers only play either Saturday morning, Sunday night, one game a week. Mm-hmm. And um, where am I trying to go with this? <laughs> I don't know where. I was trying to go somewhere with this. Got it. So got it. they okay. only play once a week. And say there's a relegation thing, like in soccer. Meaning a team gets kicked out of a league Meaning and goes down you to don't a do well. Run. You don't do well. You get relegated. You go to the D-League or whatever it's called. Is it? The D League, I heard it's you the, correct it's yourself. The G That's why League, but G it was, League, whatever. It was, I don't know why they say so you go to the G League. You don't do well, and you only play once a week. Imagine what the support would be like in the Wells Fargo Center. It'd be a lot better. Oh, if you were out of the G League and up in the in, up in the NBA, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you only played once a week. Yeah, but like, so let's, you would never want the Sixers to lose ever. Well, let's go to the NFL because we do have that once a week. Sure. And there's no... But you stay in the NFL. That's what I'm saying. Well, there are arena leagues and shit like that. There's a there's another... Well, the XFL came back, but that... I think it, I think The Rock actually bought that, so it's coming back again. But it's not... You know what I mean? It's not like... The G League is... The teams are owned entities of the NBA teams. Mm-hmm. You know? Which is the other thing. All the NBA teams... All the NBA teams own a team in the G League. So it's not like they're getting, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like tied to it. But I I don't know where you were going with that. Like you said, when you came to Greece and you saw you saw how it was with the soccer and with the graffiti and the, the fans and the the amount of uh the amount of effect it had on like, like the cultural day to day. It's because of all these things that I'm talking about. They only play once a week. If they lose, they get relegated. They're fighting to play against the big clubs. It, they're, they've never entered Champions League. The unknown. The, un, the, the, the hope mm. and the power that hope has. That holy fucking shit. Like one day we might be able to get into Champions League. We never want them to lose. We never want them to lose. That's it. Win, win, win. And let's support to the fullest because guess what? 
an away goal counts more. So when there's an away game, my friends, bro, in Greece, they take boats. They don't have money to pay for a train. They don't have money to go on flights. They don't have the money. So they go on ferries for days. For days. Two-day ferries. To where? To go see Pauk play against an Italian club or to see Pauk play against a Turkish club or to see Pauk play, uh, you know, a, a Scandinavian club. They take ferries and trains for days to support their club. Because guess what? If we land or if we play a really good team f- from Spain or from Sweden, who isn't Barcelona, who say like Villarreal, who isn't like creme de la creme in Spain, and we're playing against Europa League, and you know we play against them and we score an away goal, it's like, holy fucking shit. Holy fucking shit. We can tie home and win. Or they could score, you know, we, we score two two goals away and they score one home, you know, we can advance off away goals. Bro, this is why I love sports, period. There is something about it. Like, what you're pointing out right now makes my blood go. And I mean that in all the best ways because everyone can kind of forget what's going on around them in life, what they're pissed off about, you know, what what's bad and 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 or even like the good things too. Like I mean everything. The whole world kind of drowns out and and all the things that come with it for for just maybe 3 hours a week in soccer or something like that. And you lose your fucking mind over something that a guy who sits 10 rows down who you've never met in your life has the same emotion to and feeling for that you do. There's as far as I can tell there's nothing like that in the world. Uh-huh. You know, some some people now will be like, yo, politics is like that. Fuck that, dude. I'm talking about this is not where it's like, yo, two team fans can hate each other, but at the end of the day, they're all celebrating the same thing. There's no yeah. celebration. When somebody loses in politics, they think the world's over, right? Not to say you don't think that in sports, but it's kind of like fleeting. It's still like, oh, this is what we do. This is this is what we come for. This is the vibe and the emotion we're all about. And I think that more than ever, there are just certain things we can't take for granted after COVID. And for me, like sports is one of those things because yeah. I, I couldn't watch it during COVID. I really couldn't. I had when the Sixers were playing in the bubble and you and I have been diehard fans. I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah. Did they win today? Actually, that's a great question because we started recording when they were playing. It was like in the third quarter. So I haven't checked it. But I'll I'll check yeah. that in a minute, just to check. But and we gotta see about Embiid here and what that whole thing is. But anyway, there there is something crazy about the fact that you know a diehard fan like me or, or somebody like you last year. I, I know they were kind of flaming out, but when they had that bubble, bro, I had the. I mean, there's three screens here. I had them up in the background on mute. I couldn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like at the not their fault. Not their fault. They're playing in a gym. Yeah. They're playing in Riverwinds, basically, yeah. right? That's that's what they're doing. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm supposed to take this seriously? I was relieved. I, I don't like watching them lose, but I was relieved after it was done because I'm like, all right, at least we didn't win a championship in this fucking whatever. And Brett Brown got fired. Side note. But like now you're starting to see like fans pile uh-huh. stadiums again. It's a beautiful fans thing. Fans are the beauty of the sport. Yes. And in soccer, it is at – in a an extreme elite level. If you haven't watched Green Street Hooligans, you must watch it. You and me watched that once, but we were like fucked up. 
And I have no rec. I just remember like Frodo Baggins was like pissed off the whole time. Yes. Elijah Woods is in. What, what's that movie about though? Hooligans. Uh, that it's does a, nothing for me. What do you mean? It's about hooligans in England. Soccer hooligans. Okay. It gives you an idea of like the cultural thing that I was talking about. Of how much an effect it can have on a society. Yeah. I mean, you look. West Ham. Bro, West Ham. What's West Ham? West Ham United. Oh, yeah, yeah. The team. The, the team in the movie. Bro. I don't remember the movie. <laughs> they, that, that squad was absolute shit for like 30 years. They were and, shite. They were shite. And it had a great year and it got into the Premier League and it made it, when you enter into the Premier League, you get money. Like I said, they give you money and it got like two great players, bro. And now it's still in the Premier League since then. Since then, and they have chances. Oh, you're talking about in real life. In real life. Okay, got it. In real life. What was the other one we always watched with the fucking kid who was like, who made oh, the gold, team? Gold. Yeah, gold. that's it. That was that's so cheesy. That's a little cheesy. bit more fictional. Yeah, that was so yeah, cheesy. That's more fictional. But yeah, that was like, but that's the thing. You could just pick up anyway. someone off the street. Anyway, that's why, dude, at, at the cage, at the cocktail bar, I didn't know what to name the drinks. I was like, what am I going to name the drinks? What am I going to name the drinks? And I was like, I got to name them after soccer terms. <laughs> I, so I named all the drinks after soccer terms. And and it has like its own theme. Every drink somehow is related to a soccer term. And I have paragraphs that no one reads. They just look at the pictures. But I like writing the paragraphs. Because everyone's like, oh my God, I want this. I'm like, all right, yeah. I read the paragraphs. The paragraphs, like today, I'm I'm changing the I'm changing the catalog. And today I was mm. working. Today I was working on introducing four new cocktails. I'm taking off four. I'm adding four, and I was writing the paragraphs. T- today I was doing that. VAR aviation. How do you decide what to take off the menu? Sales. Just purely the numbers on it, dude. I'm in yeah. business. If it doesn't sell, yeah. it's got to go. Like, but the, the reason I asked that, I mean, that's that's a really obvious answer. The reason I asked that, though, is because, like, you make all these high-end cocktails. So there's got to be people trying everything just yeah. because there's, you know what I mean? Yeah, so whatever it's harder sells the to least. Tell. Like, can you know that something's a failure on that on that type of menu after, like, four months? It's or been is two that not years, fair? though. Oh, so you haven't changed anything. I haven't changed I haven't changed anything in two years on the oh. catalog, but I've introduced a lot of creative cocktails that people consistently keep on ordering. And Got that's it. how I get a feel. Got it. That's how I get a feel. I'm like, oh my God, like it's not on the menu. It's a creative cocktail that we did like last week. They keep on ordering it. I take I'm back, gonna I'm I, gonna yeah. put it on the catalog now. I, I take back that question. Cause I was thinking like that was something you were doing regularly regularly, and I'm like no. How would you do like after 90, 120 days? How do you really, no. you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's harder when to, to look at numbers. Yeah. But yeah, so you named them all after soccer all terms, after period. Soccer terms, period. That's so today cool. I'm introducing, I decided four, four cocktails that we used as like creative cocktails to yeah. get feedback and that we're going to put on the catalog. So we have VAR Aviation. Aviation is a classic cocktail, it's like 140 years old. But I named it VAR Aviation. What's VAR? VAR, Virtual Assistant Referee. What the fuck and is that? And soccer, you've never heard of VAR? Is that like the film? Like the tape Dude, review? like, you know how in the NFL you can challenge yeah, and they yeah. go in the booth and they see? Yeah. In soccer, they're doing that now at an elite level. Thank God. You can look at... Re- you named a drink after a fictional referee, though? No, and it happens. 
in reality it happens. I like know. Today, today I know, it but still, VAR. you don't see it's drinks like named like the here. Here's the here's the official review gin and tonic. <laughs> Dude, it's, I don't know about it's, that one. It's named after. It's like it's like a challenge. Is anyone at your bar here in America? Yeah, America. Yes. They gonna know what that is? Yes. They're gonna know what that is. No. No, but they will ask. Not. They will ask, and I will tell them. And it adds more hype to the theme, bro. You have to have a theme. Agreed, dude. I think you, you hey, have I'm, to I'm have a on theme. that name. But give, give me the next ones. Give me the next. So yeah, VAR Aviation. This this isn't even on the menu yet. This is like a sneak peek. Oh my menu, god, are we getting an exclusive cool. in here? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Holy shit! So yeah, VAR Aviation. You have this one is for West Ham. For the Green Street Hooligans, uh, Forever Blowing Bubbles. The fuck does Forever mean? Blowing Bubbles is the main chant of West Ham United in England. Their chant. Yo, if your team chant is Forever Blowing Bubbles, you're never going to win a fucking game. Listen, man. I'm saying that right now. Listen, man. I bought a fucking bubble gun <laughs> for this fucking cocktail. It is... <laughs> It creates a bubble on the surface of the cocktail, <laughs> and it blows up. All right. Don't even go to the next two names. We need to talk about this. Because, like, people I'm are- I'm not messing around with no, no, cocktails. I, no, no. You I, know I'm not. I, that's where we're going right now. You know I, I'm not messing I around. I need to steer the conversation I don't know if you've right ever now. seen a bubble gun on a cocktail before, I have but never seen that. See that sounds like a violation of the drink, but you'll probably make it look great. It's not a violation. When you're talking about- the cocktails that you concoct here. Oh. Like people are listening like, okay, cute. You got some drinks. What you did to set up this bar mm-hmm. was straight out of the playbook that I've grown up around. So I'm used to it. But th- th- this is what you Greeks, what you guys do. And it's fucking genius. And it's wild, though, when you think about it. You went and found... Two professional mixologists who travel around Greece. I don't know where they're probably like a long lost cousin. They compete in Europe. Everyone's a fucking cousin in Greece. Yeah. But you found these people. You brought them over here for six months, and you didn't just have them like train your staff as you opened up the restaurant or, or opened up the bar and get them used to it. You also had them move in with you and set up a bar mm-hmm. in your house <laughs> around the clock. Mm-hmm. I remember coming back like fucked up from the bar after like we would all come back to your place and there's like professionals in there at like three in the morning like sir would you like a whatever the fuck or a whatever the fuck and I'm like I don't know like anything I, if it's got liquor I'm good and they're make they're like fucking torching it like my friend John Rondy's dad Johnny Drinks does shout out Johnny Drinks with the goddamn thing like on the where they put it on the wood and then hold the glass over it and smoking the glass all that stuff they were doing the whole like where they where they throw the liquid up in the air and catch it somehow on the other side and I'm like what the fuck are we doing here and you're like bro I'm opening up a bar. We're doing this right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. I've always I've always been blown away in Europe just from like living, you know, living in Spain and traveling out throughout Europe of how easy and effortless it was to have a good drink. You'd go to like a corner cafe, a corner bakery, you ask for a margarita or a mojito, and it's a fucking good drink. Yeah. And then you come here and you go to like these huge metropolitan cities, bro. It's like four or five million people. And it's only like a handful of like spots where you can get a good drink. You like really have to look for it. And when our newest restaurant up in Warrington 
uh, it was a Bertucci's that filed bankruptcy. It closed and had a bar. I was like, Dad, like, if if we're gonna have a bar, like, we gotta do it right. We gotta do it like in Greece and or in Europe. Like when we travel, you go anywhere in Europe. You were obsessive about it, and yeah, I'm like. There's so many awesome beer gardens and wineries, but to find like a good cocktail, you have to search for it. And I was like, we got to go with the cocktail theme. And my dad was giving me a bunch of heat. He's like, oh, no, 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 America. Like in America, it's all beer and wine. Cocktails isn't a thing. They won't appreciate it. Well, I'm like, dude, no, we're doing, we're doing the cocktail thing. And um, I sponsored mixologists from Europe. I brought them over. They showed me the ropes. They opened the bar. They did the layout. And uh, a lot of the cocktails that are on the catalog right now are their homemade recipes that they've won competitions with in Europe. And now we sell more <laughs> cocktails than beer and wine combined every day. What makes a great cocktail? Like how do you – you know, because I mean, there's like the famous ones like I can order an old-fashioned and stuff like that. But what makes like – your old fashioned different or what makes an entirely new drink that no one's ever had that like actually makes it good because at the end of the day not to be a cynic you know i like anything that's wet that has alcohol in it but it's all alcohol right like it's just you're adding some things to it to mask the taste of the alcohol all right so when it comes to the the craft when it comes to the craft of making a drink you have to combined what the guest wants and w- the environment. Mm. It's all about what's right at that specific time. There isn't a a perfect drink like when when people ask me like what's my favorite what's my favorite cocktail? It, it fucking depends. It depends on what kind of mood I'm in. It depends on like who I'm with. Mm. It depends on what time it is. You know what I mean? It depends on a lot of things. So there isn't like a favorite cocktail. That's why it's like, I've always loved serving people. It's always been like, you know, my like my house parties, bro, when we were in oh, high school. Yeah. Yeah. I In my basement, I loved having parties. My parties, I think, were fucking awesome. Everyone loved coming to it my was house the for Greek parties. Con- it was the Greek consulate. It's because I, I, I've always had a passion for making somebody feel feel like they're having a great time and making them say wow like this is fucking awesome i've always had a it always like it it fulfilled me you know what i mean it fills me up it makes me feel good so when when it comes to what's you ask me what's the perfect cocktail what's the best like how do you make my i guess like more it depends like how do you make one from scratch that it's like yo this is decadent it depends bro it depends on your tastes not everyone's tastes are the same. Mm. I can have a cocktail and it'd be fucking awesome for me. And then you try and it's like sucks and spit it out and say, give me my money back. You've never given me one though that I don't like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not not everyone enjoys the, yeah. Like I don't like spicy food. If you cook up an amazing spicy meal, I won't like it. I don't like spicy. Mm. So you give the options across it the It depends on the ones. tastes. It depends on the flavor. That's why I always ask people. I'm like, what's your favorite alcohol? You know what I mean? What do you enjoy drinking? I I think you make a really good point, though. It depends. About the... I'll call it a problem. 
the the problem with the lack of quality on cocktails in this country. It is true. You go, especially in New York, yeah. right? When I go to New York, mm-hmm. I expect great fucking drinks. Because I'm paying, well now with inflation, I'm probably paying fucking bucks. 30 bucks a pop at this point. But pre, pre-COVID, when I was in New York City all the time, yeah, I'm, I'm paying 20 bucks for, for a, a good cocktail. drink. But the thing is, very often, besides like great places like the Skylark, shout out to those people, they're fucking awesome there. But, you know, you have some, some places that do it right. But a lot of places, like, very high end, everything costs a lot, and, you know, it's hard to get in there. They're giving you a fucking glass with liquid... Too much ice and one lime stuck on the top. And I'm just like, what went wrong in our culture where the expectation is like speed and just the ambiance, but not the things that come with it, right? Mm-hmm. Versus the actual attention to detail and the appreciation for like the deck, like the Anthony Bourdain like decadence to life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know what you know what I'm trying to say there? Yeah. I know exactly what you're trying to say. I don't know why it's not like that. Here. I think I know why. There's no trends. What do you mean? There's no fashion trends. There's no... um, What? Cocktails. In in the world of cocktails, it's a very trendy thing. For example, um, uh, Mezcal. Mezcal tequila. Yeah. Wasn't in. Now it's in. So a lot of mixologists and a lot of cocktails are now with Mezcal. Mezcal spray. They spray things with mezcal. They garnish things with mezcal. They use only aged tequila. Before, they never used aged tequila. Now, they mm. use aged tequila. It's more expensive. What's the difference? Like, what's the difference in the taste? It's a little bit more potent. The color's different because it gets the color from the barrel. So, it's not like uh, it's not like that clear tequila. It's more of like a brownish, more of like a brownish color. But in Europe, there's trends and cocktail making world it's it's very trendy it changes a lot Mm. you know what i mean yeah it's very up it's very trendy it moves fast there's new cocktails all the time just like in fashion bro that's what i'm saying because we do have like significant we don't have a fashion trend in the states you what we don't what do you mean like I remember like going to Greece in the summers, bro, and my cousins would make fun of me. They're like, "Why are you wearing like why are you wearing a blue shirt? Blue was the color of fashion last year." Last it's summer. Different. It's I'm different like, in different places. It's different in different places. But it, it that exists. It's a that, different trend. Exactly. They have different trends than we do. Exactly. That doesn't mean we don't have trends. We don't have fashion trends. No, no, no. That, that's what I'm talking about. We do. We have different trends. Like, they dress differently in Europe. They dress differently in Asia. They, they dress differently in South America. Yeah, but you're not going to go somewhere here and then be like, dude, like, that was in style last year. You, you wear what you're comfortable wearing. I don't, I don't agree. I think in this country we have significant... Like over the top, like beyond what I I think is acceptable, but you know, who the fuck cares what I think trends that, you know, people like there's a big thing where people are using fashion to seek like attention, you know, through like insecurities. It's not about does this look good? They want you to 
they want to make you believe that it that it looks good because they posted a nice Instagram about it and they did something different than you mm-hmm. did. It's like that old nonconformist thing or whatever. But I don't think like I always knew or had some idea, I should say, of like the trends in Europe because you'd bring them back here. You'd be wearing fucking Armani this when we were 12 years old. I'm like, who the fuck is Armani, right? Like you had a different there, there I wasn't were, wearing Armani, man. I was wh- wearing fisherman pants. All right. No, you weren't. You yes, were wearing yes. fucking Armani. Dude, I remember. Because then my mom's like, oh, why don't you get Armani like Nico? I'm like, mom, I'm not trying to dress like I'm going to a fucking Greek dance. Like, this is not what they, this is not. Like, it's acceptable <laughs> for him to do it. If I walk in and do that, someone's punching me in the face. You know, like, you had those trends that you bring over, but it's not like everyone then did that. You didn't see all our boys, like, wearing that. You know what I mean? Like, there were different things here. Whereas, you look at how people dressed, even like, think about how people dressed. When we were like young, young, like 2007, like young. Then think about how they dressed in like 2012. Dude, I'm way not, different. Yeah, you're right. There are trends. It's just not, it doesn't have as much as an impact as it does over there. What do you mean? Like, like here when we were growing up, there was um, that the G unit. What, what did G unit have? In their clothing, uh, they had sneakers. No, 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 they had a they had a brand. G Unit had a G Unit. Had, I'm gonna pull it up. Yeah, Keep talking. no, they had a brand. They had like a clothing brand, and like everyone wanted to get like uh, the G Unit brand of clothing. G Unit brands. Yeah, that's what it was called. Right there. I don't. Actually, I do. I remember the and sneakers. You know more what than I mean? Anything. Yeah, the sneakers. Yeah. Yeah, but and you had you had like all these brands, and what? what and then Iverson had his brands. Yeah, what, what? What's your point? That these brands don't count My point because they're like, different than Europe. In Greece, if you weren't wearing G Unit when G Unit was in, there'd be like, "What the fuck, bro? Like, why aren't you wearing G Unit?" Uh, it's more, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's more of a cultural pressure. Yeah, on having they're like, "Why do are you wearing G Unit now? Like, G Unit was popular last year. Don't mm. wear G Unit now." That's it's okay. Actually, now I agree. Do with you, you get what I'm saying? Yes, I think you said it. I won't say wrong, but you said it like a little bit unclearly. Yeah, there is more Probably, of an ability in this country to say fuck the trends and do what you want to do, mm-hmm. rather than have to get it, like the cultural conformity. The image is very important. Over yes, there. here yes. it's not so important. They're like fuck it. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to do what makes me comfortable. But in 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 Europe, the image is so important. I think I was on the phone with Gio Caradonis the other day, and I think, I think that's what I'm just thinking about. Something you're saying, I think that's what he was trying to get across because he's doing a lot of business. Yeah, the song Nikki. Image is important, man. Yeah, image is important, especially it's even more important now with everything being like on Instagram and all these influencers and stuff. But going back to what you said about the cocktails, yeah, yeah, go back that's there. where I think that's what I think makes like the major difference. Is the the effect and the impact of trends, and you say that we don't have as much of that in not, this country for cocktails. Not as I agree. It's not pressure. I agree. Like, we with don't that. pull our yes. nails out for that. In 100%. Europe, they do. They're like, why are you wearing that? That's not in style now. What are you doing? You're not allowed to sit at the bar. I mean, it's like that, bro. This is actually a really good way to have a conversation around that culture though 
Like, I know we're just talking about cocktails with that, but one of the life-changing experiences I had, like, I studied in Italy and lived in Rome, and Mm -hmm. so that did a lot for me. But before I did that, when I went over there with you finally for, like, three weeks and just lived in the culture in Greece, Mm -hmm. and, like, this was... I mean, shit, man. The thing about the Saloniki and then Haki the Key especially Mm -hmm. is that there's no Americans there. Mm -hmm. None. Period. Mm -hmm. It's like... And Haki the Key... I mean, tell people about Haki the Key, like what that's like. I mean, it's unbelievable. We'll get to it, but tell people what it is. Haki the Key is a peninsula that is off, the, basically like an hour away from the second largest city in Greece, which is called Thessaloniki. So the capital is Athens, which is all the way south of Greece, and Thessaloniki is all the way north. And about like an hour drive, kind of like driving from like South Jersey to. AC or the Borgata, it's about 45 minutes to an hour. There's a peninsula called Chalkidiki, which kind of looks like, it looks like this, literally looks like this. And if, you're, like, if you're listening right now, he's holding his three fingers straight down. Yeah, and like Thessaloniki is like up here, and this these three bodies of land are like a peninsula, and it's full of beach bars, full of clubs. Uh, the first foot is like the party island or like the party foot, which is where we Angels, went. Pearl. Angels, all those yeah. awesome clubs yeah. that are epic. And then the second one is a little bit more relaxed for like families and whatnot. And then the third one is owned by the church, like the Vatican. Mm. You need a passport to go there. Women aren't allowed. It's um, oh, it's very sacred, full of mosques, all owned by the church. We of, definitely didn't go there. We didn't go there. We didn't <laughs> no. go there. But uh, camping there is amazing, I've heard. But we we didn't go there. We went to the party island because he didn't have much time. The thing, so that's Halkidiki. You told me to explain it. Yeah, no, that was beautiful. That was that was a great setup here because, first of all, Halkidiki, and there was not one American there the entire time. This is not like people in this country. They they say they love America. They say though. they say Mykonos and everything. And Mykonos never been there, but I know it's incredible. Like I've heard amazing things. I know it is. But like this is this not not touristic, bro. It's this not, is it's where the locals go. Yes, it's like our Jersey Shore, exactly. But it's not no dis. I love the Jersey Shore. No disrespect to Ocean City and Sea Isle and up in Belmar and all these it's great where the places. Go. Hockey the key is low key. Perhaps the most beautiful place I have ever been in my life. It it's is beautiful. breathtaking. And the drive, like you talked, it's very similar. It's like it's like living in, in New York City or in Philly and driving to the shore, North Jersey or South Jersey, like an hour, you know, no traffic, that kind of deal, whatever, which there's always traffic. But that's like the drive from mm-hmm. Thessaloniki to Hockey yeah. the Key. And I just remember when we were doing that, we were hungover as fuck and your dad was driving. So we're like, like all over the place. But that drive was like the back hills in Gladiator when he's like yeah. fucking walking through the wheat fields. And I'm like, Nico, this is like fucking Gladiator. It's, very ma- it's mountainous. Greece yeah. is mountainous and even yeah. the peninsula is mountainous. So there's a lot of like a lot of hills, ups and downs and turns. But but the thing, magical, the man. reason I was bringing this up is the things I learned about the culture while I was there were life changing for mm-hmm. me because this was shit we were young we were not drinking age we were, this is like 2013 i think not drinking age here yeah well, well here exactly <laughs> exactly so we were good over there we but over there. but this is like two years maybe after the greek economy went like 
through the fucking floor after the global financial crisis. And then there was the hyperinflation problem. It cost like 20 euros for a coffee. And the country was and still is very largely poor. Mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of people on tough times there. And what struck me is that you wouldn't have known it. Now, if you went to Athens, you'd know it, right? Like there, there's places where there's constant demonstrations and stuff. But you go to other big places, the Saloniki, and then especially you go to something like Hakkiliki. People have such a different priority system there. Mm -hmm. And it's so much more native to the land. And that is a big compliment when I say that in the sense that all people wanted was enough money to be able to sleep somewhere that had a roof, to be able to buy some decent, fresh, beautiful, decadent foods, to be able to have their afternoon coffee, which we'll talk about Greek coffee. It's a, it's a religious experience. No offense to Italy. Italy invented coffee. They did a great job. There's nothing like the Greek coffee. Greeks perfected it. And then they want to have enough money finally to be able to go out and live, feel like they're living a very big time life at the clubs at night where everything is more affordable, by the way, than it is here to do that. And the clubs are better than here. I'm, I'm not kidding about that. They're fucking insane. And I'm like, damn. I, where You know where it really hit me, actually? Remember that beach we would jump off the cliff? Yeah. What's that called? Where we went cliff jumping? Yeah, like me, Kepap, you, yeah, Akile, yeah, 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 everybody. Yeah, yeah. What's that called? That was at the camping. Yeah. What's that site called? Um, Paluri. Yes, that's it. The camping Paluri. That's it. That's it. So we're at this place, and it's like this... You know, as you were explaining Hakidiki, it's this long peninsula. So it's like mm -hmm. this mountainous island, but it's not an island, like mm -hmm. sticking out into the water. But it's, I mean, it's that first finger is what, like 25 miles long? Something yeah, like that? Yeah, 24. Yeah. Yeah, it's long. And so, you know, the middle is trees and then the outsides is the beach. And this mm -hmm. camp is located where there's a quiet, like, peninsula within the peninsula that mm -hmm. comes in. And the water is, you know, you hold your hand... Yeah. down and you can see it like it's clear as day and then there's a cliff where you jump but we're at this place there's a beach bar where there's always a party fucking six o'clock and everyone gets lit there's parties parties exactly parties and people serve you at your chair and you know it's like a rock beach which is kind of weird but you get used to it and then it's sand right and yet i look behind it and i'm like damn where are all these people staying and i look behind it and i shit you not there is a trailer park behind it, and it's not a trailer park like like we know. There's it a stigma to trailer park here in yes, America. It's but, not like that there. But that's like my there's point. There's facilities. That's my there's point. There's RVs, but these there's showers, dude, there's bathrooms. These things are well. Th uh, there's the trailer, mini markets. Yeah, the trailer the trailer parks have that here too. I'm saying these trailers were like a third of the size of what the average trailer is here. They were way, like, that's what I mean. So there's not the stigma socially, but that's still like the, and, and I asked you, I'm, I, I'll never forget that. I was like, yo, do, do these people just like live here? And you're like, no, a lot of them are from the Saloniki. Mm -hmm. They live in very small houses there, but they get enough money together that they can, can take a trailer and park it here yeah. for the fucking summer. And to your point, there's no stigma around it. 
And it's just like, yo, this is enough right here. We got the yeah. beach bar. We have the most beautiful little place we you can enjoy. You have your mini market. Right. You have your grill. Yep. You, you buy your produce. You cook your food. They go fishing a lot in the mornings. They catch their fish. They cook their fish. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's something to be said for we that. We catch octopus there. That's what I do with all my buddies. We Actually, catch octopus. That's where I fell in love with octopus. We fucking... Yeah. It's you know, fucking good. We catch the octopus. We eat the octopus for lunch. That's how we do it. There's something really incredible about that, though. You know, like, there's this... I don't know. I think in this world where we get so automated with things and we have such complexity and all these problems, it's like... You think about the simple things and like the places where you just kind of feel at peace. Like people talk about going on vacation all the time. You know, what is a vacation? It's a week or two where you forget things exist. You're drunk half the time and you come back home to whatever your reality is that you don't like. Mm -hmm. But like with this, it's a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And even in the midst of an economic crisis, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These people were happy. They really were. Yeah. They're happy with little. Yeah. They're happy with little. It's the simple things, though. You know what I mean? They're yeah. like, I don't know how it, I can't they don't, do justice they don't look, to it. They don't, val they don't have the image that we have of success. Like, when someone says, are you successful here? Your, your mind automatically goes to like, all right, if he's successful, he has a big house. He has a nice car, mm. but like m more materialistic things, I would say. Yeah. Whereas you could be successful and live, I mean, what's success? You could, you could live a very happy life, a very healthy and happy life without a big house and without a Ferrari and without a, a lot of uh, real estate and a lot of uh, passive income flowing in. You could be successful. Such an interesting word. You know what I mean? Like what's yeah. success is of, it's, it changes. What does success mean? Here's a question. Do then. you, va do, do you base success off of how, how many things you have and how rich you are? Because I have a lot of possessions. I'm successful. It's like, no, for some people, it's not like that. You know what I mean? Here's a good question though. Right on that. Like I just said a couple seconds ago. These people were happy, very like, I, happy, like really, bro. and and I and very and, happy, and full like, of laughter and right, love, bro. Exactly. And they're gonna live forever because of that. And yet, why did so many of them? When I because I stick out like a sore thumb. Obviously, yeah. like I'm not Greek. It's because you're wearing a hat. Why did what? Malaka, you you were wearing a fucking Magic Johnson jersey everywhere we went. You were yeah. trying to stick out too, but but no hat and glasses. You were wearing you were, hat no, you were wearing glasses. you were wearing a hat and glasses. I no. had long hair at the time, no. but yeah, no, you were wearing a hat and glasses. Doubtful. I got fucking picture. I got I'll pull up pictures. Of doubtful. That. It's not doubtful. That's what you were doing. You were wearing a hat and glasses and basketball shorts. I told you, fucking <laughs> three quarters. I told you, bathing suit. Three quarters. <laughs> Wait, women's what? section. What do you mean three quarters? The fucking here briefs. Oh yeah, where the it cuts off suits. You know what? That was you were white that as was snow, my laka. So first of all, first of all, that was before because I had tan lines. I was a caddy, so I had bad tan. Remember, I was like, I was like black from here down yeah, almost. And you but didn't then, talk like, about your upper body. Yeah, your fucking upper body was it, like well, my uh, arms, farmer's tan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, bro, that was am before, I gonna get you into the beach bars? That was before <laughs> short shorts were in style. 
That was when, like, in the NBA, for example, which every person at the bar is like, yo, trailblazers, like Lakers, like all this stuff. I wanted that's Magic when, Johnson shorts. Bro, that's when they were wearing their fucking pants Not still AI down shorts. to here. Magic Johnson shorts. Short yeah, well, that shorts. that's... See, I don't go there. That's anyway. still... That's that's some ridiculous shit. Talking about trends. There but, you go. but still, a lot of these people, when they would come up to me, yeah. they still all wanted to come to America. Yes. Why is that? Because America, it's, dude, it, it still is the, it's a dream, bro, to come here. If you work hard, you can get whatever you want. You get what it, but now it comes back to what you were just saying about success. You get whatever you want because you have success because you get money. You equate it with that, right? And I, I yo, I think that's, 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 that's what you think of here. Yes. I think that's it. it's fair. And if people define it that way, it's one hundred percent fair. Very it's fair. Very. But like, if the definition's different there, why did they want to change the definition to come here? Because maybe some people want a be- uh, something bigger, something mm. better. Not everyone is content with just that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I don't doubt that. America isn't for everybody. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's not for everybody. But no. the people that want more in life, that want something greater than the image that we talked about in Greece, come here. Because no matter what, without a degree, without a lot, you can get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it it never ceases to blow my mind how powerful that is. What? Like the allure of the American dream, even to this day. American dream, exactly. Even to this day. Like with all the shit we have going on here, I'm not just talking about like, Part of the like dream. you said, it's the best shit. Yes. Yep. It's the best shit, man. Yep. There's shit question. everywhere right now. It's the best shit. Yeah, when, when I had Adam still in, the best. When I had Adam in here, who's in Africa with Can the Peace Corps. Drink? Can you have another drink? Get it over here. When I had Adam in here, who you know, who was in the Peace Corps in Africa for two years, he talked about that. He's, you know, he lived in Guinea. Things were, people were happy about the simplest things, he said. Not far off what i was just saying should be happy about the simplest right but they still all wanted to come they still all like and and he'd be like yeah you see like trump's president and everything though you sure about that and they're like man he'll be gone we want to come and dude it was real you know what i mean and there's something about that that makes me then like obviously i'm critical of things and i'll do that like part of what i do is talking with people about issues and what the fuck is going on out there but i do want to always take the opportunity to remind people that like yeah we can romanticize and talk about some of the great things that we appreciate like in places like hockey the key and some things we see there that we wish we had here you know to always improve a system but that's what it's for Mm -hmm. we want to improve what we have it's not about like the focus to me is so much on why everything sucks and if i play a role in doing that sometimes because of how the issues we happen to talk about on here and how negative some of them are i apologize we're not that's not what it is you said it earlier it's the greatest country in the world i will die on that hill all day and i think it is but like like you like anyone else we or you know you as well with me like we want to see things that are improved so when i find things that are curious i'm going to be like all right that's kind of cool let's let's talk about that you know so i don't know it's i think i need another drink too but 
America to me is in a very, very interesting place because we are at a critical point in how we decide how insular we're going to be versus how focused on the rest of the world for the right reasons we're going to be. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll qualify that. When you look at republics over time, they fail because, and it's always some different reasons, but they start turning within and fighting each other. And that takes the eye off, you know, the upstart, right? You talked about the teams in the Champions League mm-hmm. that can rise up and, or in the different leagues in Europe that can rise up and catch someone out of nowhere. They can catch somebody out of nowhere because people get, it's a human tendency, we get complacent, right? And I look at where we are right now and I see a lot of that complacency. Like, I don't want to yell at people who are pointing out things that are wrong, right? Like when people are pointing out, one of the ones we talk about a lot on here is like a lot of the race issues and like race issues with cops and stuff. I think people should point that out. I think we should improve those things. You know, sometimes I worry like I've been a little bit hard on cops on this show but like look we want to we want to make sure that the good cops have a chance to shine and you don't just hear about the goddamn bad cops because people are protecting them i think that's fine to point that out where i draw the line is when people start trying to say things like yo capitalism is death and uh, and the american system is a total failure and and everything here is bullshit. Fuck the patriarchy, and we're gonna we're gonna have a new world order, and and it's still socialism, and like all these ideas and shit. Where it's like, wait, wait, wait. So you want to strip away all the things that may certainly have flaws in them, like capitalism. That system absolutely has flaws. You want to strip away all those things because of the flaws, and not pay attention to the fact that you're stripping them away and replacing them with things that have not just flaws, fatal tendencies compared to what exists. It is very, very important that we take note of places around the world, like whether it be Greece or or Africa or some of the places we talked about, where people who don't live here and at least see the basics of the system and the potential from the outside actually understand, based on their own experience, how fucking critically important that is. Yeah. I agree. That's why I encourage people to travel. Traveling, mm. traveling, bro. Cheers, by the way. Cheers, bro. Salud. Salud. Genda. Traveling is probably the best thing that somebody can do. On the, Of course, you know, if they have the time and, you know, they aren't too... Of course, your priorities come first. Your, your family, your job, your this. But, like... If you have the luxury to go on like a two week vacation, go go outside the country. Travel, man. Travel somewhere. Travel and and put yourself in a different culture, in a different environment. See what it's like. There's nothing. There's nothing like traveling and putting yourself in a completely different environment than you're accustomed to you learn so many things so many things whether it's cuisine whether it's the way they the way they party the way they go out the way they talk with each other you'll see them having fun with nothing and it'll it'll Mm. make you scratch your head you're like dude look how happy they are man and we it's been proven that the more you laugh the happier you are the longer you live and look they have nothing and they're gonna and they're living for 120 years in the fucking okinawa chan 
Japan eating rice and living on the hills with nothing, nobody by themselves. And it's in Okinawa, bro, away from everything else. And they have the highest life expectancy with zero, with zip. They live 115 years old. Oh, I've heard about that. Yeah, yeah that bro. Was so, like, that's why, dude. It's so important to travel. It's so important. And outside of the States, it's so important. I think that I also took some of that for granted myself. Like, not the traveling, which I ended up getting to do. Like, I didn't do that when I was a kid very much at all. I didn't really do that until right before college when I went with my, with my grandparents to a bunch of places after I graduated high school. But then spending time with you in Europe, living over there too. Also, and you did Italy. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's Lived huge, over there, bro, that you did that. That's my, awesome that you did that. Dude, and, and that's the that's thing. That's the best thing, bro. I ingrained myself in the culture there. That's the best thing. I That's did not the best thing. Man. I did not spend time like you know with the there, locals. Oh yeah. Well, no, no. I mean like there you were, were with the locals. Yes, there were all like the That's American the bars and whatever. I never went there. You yeah. know, like that's not what we did. And you learn a lot. I got an appreciation for that, but I took it for granted because there was a lot of that growing up. I just didn't. I didn't stop to notice it, and and I mean that because like I spent a lot of time around you. You know, and your house. Was the Greek, I said this earlier with some kind of joke, but literally it was the Greek consulate, right? Like <laughs> there were no laws of America there. It was, no, no, we're, we're good. That's Spiro's house. Nobody fucks with that place, right? And not, there was nothing bad going on there. But my point is like, you know, it was this, it was, forget how it looked and how it felt when you go in. You felt like you were walking into a European goddamn palace, the second house you had, like when you were older. But like, it was this environment of just people who had come here and i mean hundreds of people coming through that house because all great it is stereotypes true all greeks fucking know each other they're coming through that house and they're all first generation americans and almost all of them are very 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 successful and yet they're all dual citizens they still spend a lot of time of the year in greece maybe three four months something like that they kind of work their way back and forth they don't forget their roots and yet we hold our roots that's the yeah thing. we really do hold our roots we do and that's the culture that's my it's point the culture yeah man Look, it's it's a beautiful thing bro it's a beautiful thing to hold your roots you look up to it and it's something that you it brings you pride. It brings you pride and it brings you joy to say, you know, like I came from from here and my and my grandma who taught me everything I know about my culture came from there mm. with that. And it's like, dude, the way my grandma came and was raised and what she had to go through Makes COVID look like a fucking joke, bro. Yeah. Seriously, yep. man. Seriously. I'm not saying uh, not, COVID is an awful thing. It, it really changed the world in many different ways. But so does war, bro. Yes. And my grandma lived through wars. Wars. Your grandma was a great lady. Wars. A great lady. And my grandma that passed, my Ya Electra, and also my... my my grandma who's still alive right now, like my dad's mom, bro, like she she went through wars, bro. I do think about that. It's crazy, man. 
Like, just think about crazy. any generation, though. Any older generation. Here in the States, yeah. bro, we, we lived through wars, but we never saw it. No. It was always yes. there. You know what I mean? We never saw and felt a war. Like, my grandma, my... My yeah, Sophia, my my dad's mom felt saw wars, not a war, wars, two wars around her. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they got they got kicked out of modern day Turkey. They lived around the Black Sea. They got kicked out. They had to fucking go migrate to Greece with nothing. Many people died by traveling on ships with nothing. No food. They went to Greece. They said, you're not Greek. You're you're from Turkey. We're not accepting you. They didn't know how to speak. They didn't know how to read. They only know how to speak Turkish. Dude, poor hunger. I mean, we lived through wars, but we never felt a war. No. Because it was it wasn't on our turf. It wasn't it wasn't ever on our turf. It was always over there, like they did. They felt the wars. You know what I mean? That that bomb, they felt it. We didn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? But imagine if you were there. You would have felt that. You know what's crazy about that? It's nuts. That's 1946. Yeah. That's 75 years ago. Those were the testings, right? Yeah, exactly. That was, I might get the pronunciation of this very wrong, but it was like Bektari something. Yeah. Out in the Pacific. The nuclear bomb. And if you're listening, we're looking at one of the pictures in my studio here. It was a test where after World War II, right at the end, the United States, I think, bought, I hope they at least bought it and didn't just fucking take it, but I think they bought a few islands in the Pacific to use to wipe them off the face of the earth to test Mm. bombs and obviously successful tests there. And I look at that a lot. And it's not just that. Like, I think about the concept of time with this stuff a lot. Because, like, your grandma, my grandparents, they're old relative to us. But, like, in the context of world history, how old are they? Not old at all. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I was born... 80, 90 years old. I was born 50 years after they freed Mm -hmm. Dachau. And and Auschwitz and and yeah. Birkenau and yeah. and all the you know what I mean yeah. like how fucking crazy recent. yes it's very recent yes my grandma was hiding Jews in Greece at her house no yes whoa whoa whoa, whoa. yes in Greece hiding them in her in in the basement of my Chorio is the village Chorio yes. is the word for village in Greek you never and told me this yeah we have a house at the Chorio and we have a house in the city. At my house in the Choryo, which is about 50 minutes away from the city and like farmland. It's like how Molokka Hill was 30 years ago where there's nothing else. It was yeah. just all cornfields, right? Now it's ridiculous. I didn't even recognize how I came here. There's new stuff everywhere. Yeah. But um, my grandma was hiding Jews in the basement behind haystacks, hiding a family of three. And the Nazis came to the house and said, are you hiding Jews? And my grandma said, no. How old was she? I, 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 I would be wrong if I answered you. I Not five. No, 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 no. She was Not like 15, five. 20, she, something yeah, like that. she was old enough to talk to yeah. the officers. 
and they did a whole tour of the house and they didn't find them. And my grandma tells me that story that like she saved, she literally saved the family, bro. Literally, like we never feel that like that's war. That's things they felt on the reg because the war was on their turf. We never had a war on our turf, bro. Never. No. Never. But if we did, that's the shit that we would have encountered. World War was always away. All of them were away. Even the, the latest one with the, with the Twin Towers. Everything's away. Nothing's here. And that's, how, that's why that and was it's, so shocking. It's, so, it's, it's something very good that we do. Yeah, I mean, I war. I don't want to talk about war and wish it upon anything. It's the no, worst no, thing. no. It's the worst I, I like thing in the world. Though. But I it's like this. it's it gives you a perspective of how important it is to live a war. Where, where did your grandmother live in Greece when that happened? Northern borderish, about an an hour and a half away from Thessaloniki, north, but north. Yeah, by the mountains. I have been. I, I like going down different rabbit holes throughout the year and finding new things to get curious about, reading books on stuff that, you know, just I try to find things that blow my mind that I mm-hmm. can't concept and then try to make the best sense of them. And so for the last two or three weeks, I have been in whatever free time I have, which isn't that much, but late at night, I have been obsessively studying the rise to World War Two. Mm-hmm. and the rise of Nazi Germany. And in that, I've also gone deep on the Holocaust. Again, you know, I've done that several times. That, that concept will never, ever not stun me as to what that is. And I, I encourage everybody to do that. It's, and I'm not saying you got to do it every year, but go through and look at the shit that happened, read about it, watch documentaries. on. I don't give a fuck yeah. what you do. But remember, you know, that was 75 years ago when that happened. It wasn't too long ago right. at all. And these types of stories that occurred where where people were forced to do that, you know, yeah. it's, dude, do you know how fast, here's the other thing too, do you know how fast that came together? Like how fast Hitler, not just like Hitler became Hitler, Hitler was, you know, maybe... He was top five scumbags to ever walk the face of this earth. And by the size of... An amazing leader, though. He led a lot of people. And you'll get shit for saying that, but I understand... I'm I'm not saying it's a great leader. He can be a bad... He's a very bad leader. I'm. I actually got to put that on. No, 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 no. What the fuck? I'm I'm going to explain right now. Billions of people followed him, and he was talking shit. That... Is one of the but things. He's a leader. That is he one could of talk. Yes, that is one of the things I'm studying. He I understand. Speak. I understand exactly what you mean. I'm probably not saying it right, but no, I I, I know you what you mean. It's not when cover when me up. Yeah, amazing isn't the best word, but it is the word to describe it because that's how he pulled this off. Mm-hmm. He pulled this off in a span of basically. You know, he was pissed off after World War II and then started this movement in 21, tried a government takeover, which is like crazy to watch, like how that whole beer hall rebellion thing, check that out, wild what they tried to do. Like, it blows my mind that people could be like, yo, if we take the police force, we could take the country. Like, nuts. That's what he tried to do. Got arrested. Only spent a couple years in jail. 
but from then when he got out of jail, you said it, six years. I'll even expand it, though. Six years, 1927 to 1933. That's how long it took for the Nazis to get significant power Five, and for him to years. become a, a chancellor. The rhetoric that got us to World War II and got the psychotic shit, like with, with you know, the Holocaust and everything, that wasn't ready in 1933. He led mm-hmm. through 1939 and mm-hmm. got them ready to that. Yeah. And I study this because you talk about, yo, we haven't experienced that here and whatever. Things can change very quickly. Mm-hmm. Just because we haven't experienced it here does not mean that it can't happen. And people, and I don't want it to happen. People will be like, yo, we need a war to toughen our fucking country up. That is no, not how I want it. That is the fucking worst thing. worst thing ever. You don't want to wish war for anything. It's the worst thing ever. It's the worst thing that can happen. But people rest on their laurels and they get very complacent that, oh, it can't happen to us. Go look at Germany, man, because you said it. He was a leader in the sense that he was very talented at fucking speaking speaking and knowing how to capture people's attention and psych things up. And one of the most stunning things about what I've been studying, my eureka moment, is (laughs) that I have seen. I'm so happy you said eureka moment. Why? Because that's Greek. Is it really? You're joking. Fucking everything. You said pasta's Greek. Fuck you, you said my life. You don't know Greek. this. I don't know this. The Eureka moment? Is that like from the fucking Trojans? Archimedes. 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 Archimedes developed Archimedes. the law of buoyancy. He created the law of buoyancy. Is that like floating and shit? Yeah, floating. That's why all the ships, all the uh, container ships are Greek ships. Mm. Sheep fleets are all Greek. Wait, what? The fleet, uh, the Greek, the Greek boats, the the boats that bring containers over from overseas over yeah. the pond, are Greek boats. The majority of them are what? They're, no, they're not. Yes, yes. You didn't because yes. Eureka happened fucking ten thousand years ago. Listen, they're to me. Greek boats. Listen to me. Eureka moment came from Archimedes, Archimedes, who developed the law of buoyancy. Yes, he was he sitting that. on a tub. This is the, this is a fact. Yes. He was sitting on a tub and he was drinking wine and he was thinking to himself how he can create a very very big boat, very big heavy boat float because one of the Egyptian pharaohs back in the day said, "Okay, you're a philosopher, you're a mathematician. I want you to make this big ass boat and I want you to make it travel with all this stuff on it." And he's thinking, he's thinking, how can I make something so big float and travel? So he's sitting on the he's sitting on the edge of the of his bathtub and he's drinking red wine. And he falls back. He falls backwards because he's so drunk. And then he had a, a eureka moment. And he ran onto the streets of Greece, of Athens, and he started screaming, Dovrika, Dovrika. <laughs> Dovrika in ancient Greek means I found it. Eureka, I found it. Dovrika. Dovrika. Why Dovrika in modern. To Dovrika in modern Greek means I found it. And in ancient Greek, Eureka is I found it. And he figured out that if he weighed the water that was displaced from the tub, it should equal or be less or more. I don't know about the math, but that's where he got the fact that the water displaced. If you if you measure it, 
should be equal or more or less than than the object than the weight of the object that's how buoyancy that's how the law of buoyancy was created from archimedes and that's how the eureka moment that you just said eureka came into play my like it's fucking greek eureka this greek history moment has been brought to you by pat select pizza warrington washington township go there anyway yeah, Dude, I can't ever miss. You didn't a histori- know that? No, I didn't know that. What the That's, fuck, my life. Of course, All you it's. Do is I read. Actually, you know what? I make I, pizzas and I know I that. I actually believe. I actually believe that one because other times you'll just be like, "Yo, that's Greek," and then I'll be like, "Why?" You're like, "Just because it is." That one. I'm just yet, a pizza bar man. You had a full story, so we'll fact check that afterwards. But it sounded pretty convincing. No, to dude, me. it's the fact. Dovrika was Eureka. Eureka in ancient Greek means I found it, which yes. in modern day Greek it's. Now, was Eureka Latin or was it Greek? This makes a difference. It's the same thing. That's not the same thing. Same you thing. cannot say that. It's the same thing. Because that includes Italy. It includes France. It includes fucking... Every, everything Italy got, they got from Greeks. Oh, Greeks no, you Greek didn't. civilization was nope. before bullshit. the... Bullshit. Bullshit. I'm calling bullshit on you. The Greek civilization was before the Italian civilization. Come on. Malaka, what do you mean? Come on, it's a fact. The Greeks came first and then the Italians. Still. Still what? There wasn't, it was small enough that there were cultural norms. That, and it's not just those two, like the Roman Empire and the Spartacus Empire, whatever Latin, the fuck it was dude, called. Latin. But I'm saying, like, it all derived from the different empires in that time. Right? The language? Yes, it derived. Okay. It changed. Yeah, but I'm telling you, bro. That's how it is. Like, if you... Dude, you can Stay find close this. To the mic. Yeah. You can find this on on YouTube. You can find this on okay. YouTube. Right. I'm telling you, Let's if you Google like um, the law of buoyancy, Eureka moment, I'm I, I guarantee you, I can find it. I the guarantee, law of buoyancy, Eureka moment. I guarantee you, I can find it. I gotta spell buoyancy. Go, go to. I almost go to got videos. it right. Go to videos. All right. If it's YouTube, we that, can't watch dude, it. Malaka, it's the first one. The first I know, one. I know, but we can't watch it because it's on YouTube, so we're taking somebody's content. Can so, we pause? Malaka, you actually, have to watch this. I got to piss real quick, so let's pause. We're going to watch it. If people want to check this out, Google Law of Buoyancy Eureka Moment, and it's the first, go to Archim- videos. Archimedes. And it's called The Real Story Behind Archimedes. Did Eureka. I say that right? Eureka. Eureka. Armand de Angor. So you'll check that out, and then we'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we're back. Okay. Eureka happened in Greece. I'll agree with that. But the one guy was from Syracuse. He was an Italian. He was from Syracuse in, uh, in, in Sicily. So I don't know who that was, but someone was. That's kind of fucking nuts, though. Oh, now you got no time to talk shit. Now you're just looking at me. Malaka, the Greeks invented you're just screaming everything. At me. They didn't invent everything. This is, this, is, this is where you start generalizing and act like they invented every single thing that ever happened. It's not true. When but, it comes to science and when it comes to math and science and, and art, they did a lot. They invented a lot. They did a lot. I agree. With nothing. What do you mean with nothing? And with nothing. What do you mean with nothing? And with nothing. They didn't have, um, they didn't have the, the stuff that we have here now. That's every civilization. It's not just Greeks. It's every civilization didn't have those things. Yeah, well, then why didn't they come up with it? But they, uh, other civilizations did come up with shit back then. 
They missed the train. You haven't heard of Galileo, have you? They missed the train, my friend. They didn't miss the... Galileo didn't it miss only, the train. The church almost the, killed him for what he did. He came up with the whole solar system. The Greeks system. knew about the atmosphere, about the planets, the way they're rotating around the sun, mm-hmm. all this stuff about astronomy. Bro, well, are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah, they knew some of that shit, but Galileo finished the deal. He got it right. That's what matters. No, he didn't get it right. He perfected it. But the Greeks came first. The Greeks came first. You have to give credit to where it's due. On certain things. No, I, just on like everything. I said, not on everything. You can't say that. That's a, that's a total generalization. Why? Cause Why? Because they, they didn't. Why? Why didn't they? Tell me something. All right, they got the Eureka thing right. I'll give you that. Okay, let's continue off. Astronomy. Greeks came first. Next. What else? Math. Greeks came first. <laughs> There's a lot of math out there. They didn't come first on everything. Was Fibonacci <laughs> Greek? Malaka, these people you're talking about perfected it, okay? They perfected it. But who created it? Who? It's like... What happened? It's like AI <laughs> would have never been AI without Isaiah, without magic, without MJ. Alan Iverson. Yeah. yeah. He had to hit, he had to have gotten some inspiration from something before him. He mm. was watching films from people before him and that's what developed the amazing magical AI. I'll, but you have to give credit to I, where it's due from yes. the founders, from the I OGs. Will, I will still give the credit. I'm OGs just saying. to you, the Greeks. You act like they all they got everything. They probably didn't get everything. Everything. They did not get everything. Oh my god. This goodness. is an unwinnable Even battle. pizza. Even pizza. Oh, God. Here we go. Even pizza. Here we go. The Greeks Even did not sauce. invent pizza. Yes, they did. They did not they invent sauce. They invented white pizza, and then the Italians took it, and they no. perfected it, and they put sauce on it. And no. They put, yes. No. Yes. White pizza was first invented in Greece. Pizza. Pizza. I'm not even going to fact check that. I'm not even going to do that. If you want to take another 50-minute intermission to see that you're wrong, go ahead. We just did like the first intermission in the history of this goddamn podcast. I'm telling you, bro. watch your video that also gave me... Yeah, I'm biased. Oh, okay. I'm Greek. All right. That's how I'm going to be. Clearly. Let's continue on. Back to the original point, though. My eureka moment. My eureka moment. My divrika. Divrika. Is that how I say it? Eureka. No, but was it divrika now? Now it's... Dovrika. Dovrika. I found it. My Dovrika moment. Your Dovrika moment. In studying the rise of the worst sociopath in modern history, or just maybe in history in general, was that, and I want to be very careful how this is said before I say it, because people take things out of context on everything. And one of the things I hate about referring to Hitler is that anyone now who dislikes something, regardless of political party, calls someone else in the other political party or of another belief, Hitler. We got to stop that. That is, they've killed the word and the word should hold meaning because that should never fucking happen again. But as humans, we've proved to be absolutely, I can't say the word I want to say right now, but we've been very stupid over the course of history forgetting things. Mm -hmm. And then history repeats itself. Mm -hmm. And so what scared me the most about watching Hitler is I saw very strong themes from both the Republican and Democrat parties in our country right now. 
So I'll pick off the Republicans, and the, this is why I hedged this out front because I don't want people taking me out of context here. But as a – you called him like a leader in that way. You're 100% right. He unfortunately was. He could be a leader in a bad way. He, he had, was a leader in a bad yes, way. Yes, exactly. But the way that he captured attention, making people think it was good, his style – Minus the fact that he was not funny. He was not known to be funny at all. Like he didn't have a sense of humor. He was just a – he was a very – Spoke to the commonwealth. Yes. He was a vitriolic orator. There are a lot of Trump vibes mm -hmm. in what he did and how outlandish he was with opinions that weren't backed by evidence. And it scared me because I saw so much of the same – like Trump came in – in, I mean, he started to talk in 2012, 2013, right? And then came in in 2015, 2016. The global recession happened in 08, 09. In 1919, when Germany signed, or 1920, one of them, when they, after World War I was over and they signed the Treaty of Versailles, and then their currency was worth nothing, and they owed all these other countries a ton of money, and all their people were poor and burning Deutschmarks for fire. Hitler started talking a few years after that, and then he got arrested with the beer hall thing because it was too early, right? And then in 1927, he started to go for power after six, seven years. Mm -hmm. Scary. Scary how similar that is. Now, the reason I say I'm careful with that is because as much as Trump did fucking crazy things and said crazy things and whatever, the guy was not Hitler by any sense of the – that is a ridiculous assertion to make. It's another hill I will die on. You can think he was a total asshole. I'll agree with you. You can think that he wasn't a good president at this point. I'll definitely agree with you on that. You can think a lot. You Some people can think like he had bad intentions. Fine. If you want to think that, fine. He's not Hitler. But the way that he captured attention, the desperation that he captured it out of, he captured it from people, the descendants of the Tea Party movement, people who were mm -hmm. lost, left behind. Very, very similar. Then, when I look at the psychophants around Hitler, right, I can make some comparisons to Trump's inner circle and the people around him. But the way that, like, the guys like Joseph Goebbels and Goring, who was like in, he was a whole bunch of different jobs, but he was in charge of like the Air Force and Prussia. And Goebbels was the propaganda guy. Like, they literally called him the propaganda minister, which is insane. Owned all the media. And then, you know, Himmler, who was. Maybe the most evil – I mean they were all evil, but he might have been the most evil of all of them. He's the guy who like came up with the Holocaust scenario. Like it was his plan. He was the head of the SS. These guys all wanted to please Hitler so much, but the way that they led society was with complete fear. You brought this up with something else earlier. But they led it by telling everyone the worst things that could happen and then actually – trying to show that they already were so they may you know and the main culprit of everything they did is they they you know they they scapegoated the jewish people and said like oh it's their fault we lost world war one never mind the fact a lot of german jews fought for goddamn germany in world war one they conveniently forgot that and made this ridiculous assertion and they led people to the well and i i almost don't forget where we were oh i know what it was we were talking about how fast this can happen mm-hmm that I won't even count like the early years when he got arrested and tried the Beer Hall Rebellion. 1927 to 1939 is 12 years. In 12 years, when they – on September 1st, 1939, when they invaded Poland and opened up all the ghettos and rounded up all the Jews and started doing it across Europe and starting the – I mean the concentration camps had been open before that but actually started the process now. 
That is 12 years where they went from Germans who were living happily with their, with their Jewish fellow citizens, right, to now turning a blind eye and not caring that they were being sent off to wherever the fuck, most likely never to be seen again, not caring that things like Kristallnacht were happening, not caring that for even not forget, but put that aside for a second. Hitler was trying to take over. He was invading all these countries that had done nothing wrong, trying to like take it over. And people got so caught up in this that then no one, like his circle was so strong and the circle around that was so strong that no one would stand up to it and war came home. And so when you brought up the original point of like your grandma hid Jews in in Greece, Mm -hmm. that's where this, this was a world war. That's where things stretched. Of course. Your grandma has an appreciation for how desperate and horrible and evil things can get. Dude. War... When it comes to war, it's my grandma tells me stories of war. And we can't relate. We don't know what it's like to be hungry, bro. To be starving. To be hungry and not have anything to eat. We don't know that feeling. I don't know what it's like, bro. You know what I mean? When I'm hungry, I eat. What the hell? If I'm starving, I'll eat cereal. I'll eat a bagel. I'll eat something. Imagine not having anything to eat. Nothing. And you're hungry for days. And any of you can die at any minute. Yeah. Because you pissed, on, you yeah, pissed off the wrong person. You're hungry. Your friends can be rounded up and sent to camps. And that's where you begin doing things that you wouldn't ever want to do, man. Ever. Hunger. That's why my grandma, till this day, my grandma, my Yasufia, my dad's mom... When she cooks, she cooks for 40 people. She doesn't know how to cook for me and my little brother and my dad and my mom for four people. She doesn't know how to. She cooks for like 30 plus people all the time. All the time. She can't she can't cook for one person. She doesn't know how to. And it like it puts things into perspective for you. It really does. And it's cuz of history. We're talking about history. Yeah. And that's why I think I have such a such a passion for food and I have such a passion for for the the feeling of welcoming somebody mm. and hospitality. I think for me personally it goes beyond a restaurant. It it's like it's it's my my roots. It's what I what I lived, how I was raised. Do you believe in that? Yeah. The, the concept of I don't know the name for it. My friend Grant Wiley talks about this a lot, but where you can feel even like ancestors you never knew, you can feel things from where you originally emanated from, or like experience it. Yes. Yes, bro. I I danced in um in the Pondian dance group which is like a Greek ethnic dance group for 8 years. And um my my uh my ancestors, my grandma's parents came from a a, a dialect called Pondian, which were the Greeks that I told you the Greeks were enslaved for 350 years by the Turks. When was that? That I'm very bad at history. 
Very bad at history. <laughs> but we're talking about history. But um, uh, I'll keep going. Keep going. Google, keep 1910? Going. Keep going. 1910, 1920s? Yeah, keep going. Early, early 1900s. Um, the Greeks were enslaved by the Turks for 300 plus years. And they developed this dialect called the Bondian dialect. And it was like, it, it was a language that we created between Greek and Turkish. I don't know if my, I don't know. Am I right, bro, with the history? Yeah, you are. And, and, what is, when, and when is the Bondian? When, I'm, when I'm is looking it? at it roughly. I didn't Google that because I didn't know how to spell it. But it was the Ottoman Empire. Ottomans, yes. Right. So it was probably just based on the years I'm looking at quickly. It was probably 20s, between 30s. Like, no, no. When? Like you're talking about a 350 year period, right? They were enslaved for 300 yes, years. Yes, that's what I'm talking. So that was like from the 15th century but, into the 18th century kind of deal. And then they left. They, yes. After the slavery, they left and they yeah. and they went to Greece. My grandma, she went to Greece, and the her, her parents and my grandma didn't know how to speak Greek. Because they spoke Pondian, which was a dialect. So they considered us as foreigners. And they wanted to kick us out of Greece. They were like, you're not Greek. Like, you don't speak Greek. You speak Turkish. Like, go go back. Pondian. You're Pondian. You're not Greek. So the Greeks really... The Greeks from modern-day Turkey didn't really know where to go. They're like, all right, we're in Turkey. They say we're Greeks. Go to Greece. And then when we go to Greece... They say, go to Turkey. You're not Greek. You're a foreigner. Where do we go? Yeah. So that's why, like, I have such, like, a, such a passion and, and pride for where I come from. And for seven years, I danced in the Greek ethnic dance group, Pondian, Pondian Dance Group. It's, it's Is that a, dialect still around? It's a dialect that's still around. And the dances were designed and choreographed their war dances. Their dances that were performed before war, before battle, or after battle of victory. So the uniforms are gold and black with bullet straps across, like fake bullet straps mm. across from here and here, and uh, headbands that cover their, he cover their hair. And it, it incorporates a lot of the choreography the choreography involves a lot of stomping to intimidate the opponent and um, a lot of like, like, like loud gestures of like loud movements and loud screams and a lot of stomping to scare the opponent. So that's where like the history comes away, comes from. And like Bondian is still like in, in my blood yes. and it's still like who I am today even though like I listen to Pondian music and I I don't understand it's completely different than Greek yeah it's like a completely different dialect I only understand like some words but like at my wedding I'm definitely gonna dance Pondian and it's something that really like it grounds me and it it really like it represents me you know what I mean? Because my my grandma came from there. Yeah, you and carry my grandma that and my grandma raised me. You know what I mean? And yeah. like when someone comes into my restaurant, when someone comes into my house, I treat them like that. Like, oh my god! Like you came into my house, I have to care for you. I have to feed you. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? That's why we like. 
in high school, bro, like I always had an abundance of food. Always. 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 Even even though people were hungry, I had an abundance of food because I had the luxury to be able to provide that for somebody. So like, even though like I would tell my parents, I would tell my grandma, I'm like, I'm having my friends from, from high school over, I'm having a party. But like, they already ate like we don't need food they're like no you have the you have the privilege to feed someone give them food they'll take it they'll take it home they'll eat the next day you, they have that kind of philosophy you know what i mean and in this day and age we really don't like you order a big steak you don't eat it you don't take it to go mm. you don't but i'm wired too you know i'll eat it the next day or i'll give it to someone else Taking it for granted. Yeah, taking it for granted. And that's why I think, like, I have such a passion for for not just, like, serving people and welcoming people and the hospitality when it comes to the restaurants, but it's even, like, the, the, the privilege to be able to feed somebody good food, fresh food. I understand. And, and given abundance of food, like yeah. a lot of restaurants, bro, they overcharge pasta. We give a pound of pasta. What's pasta? What does pasta cost us? Nothing. It's pasta. Twenty cents. A we pound. we give a pound of pasta to our guests because it's pasta. Like it doesn't cost us anything. Why not give them an abundance of it? Uh, it at a point, like we do it where it like devalues our our quality, but like it's our homemade sauce, it's our like it's our recipe. We make it in our commissary. It's not like a sauce that you can buy from Walmart. We you give away pasta for free? No, but we give a pound of pasta. Oh, whereas I see what you're saying. Okay. the competition doesn't give a pound of pasta. They may give like a point eight, point seven, but we're like, what the fuck? It's pasta. Let them eat. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't cost us anything. Our pasta for a pound is better than the norm, but we give an abundance of it. Yeah. But it, it kind of messes with your mind. It's like, oh my God, they can give us so much. It must be. It must not be that good. But you get you go to like a high-end restaurant and they give you like a plate this big and they give you like a pasta this small. And you're like, mm -hmm. oh my God, it's probably like amazing pasta. But it's, is it, it? It's, is it's it? perception. Yes. The power of perception is so is so um it's so tricky. It plays, it plays with your mind. Perception's a funny thing, man. Perception is a very funny thing, but like coming back to my roots, mm -hmm. like we give very good food, very fresh food. And if it doesn't cost us much much, we're going to give as much as we can. But because we do give as much as we can, it messes up with the you mess up the chair there mess up the chair it messes up with their perception it messes up with their perception the leap I'm making there listening to you that I like and correct me if I'm wrong here but there's like a different way that the same priorities from the roots manifest themselves even if you can't explain it but like when you're talking about giving an abundance of shit to people you know, to like serve them, you know, and that's also your business or whatever, yeah, like but that's how large. you, yeah, that's how you are in, in real life too, like at yeah. your house and whatever. Yeah. It comes from it, from a totally different place, but from the same like 
type of lineage relationship to the fact that back in the day, you know, when shit was hitting the fan and you had food, you shared it with everyone. Exactly. And that's so, how we survived. Yeah. That's beautiful. We shared it. Yeah. The the Bondian uh, dialect and philosophy and culture wouldn't be here today if they didn't know how to share their meals. If they say, okay, you know what? I'm satisfied. I ate. I'm good. I'm, I'm not starving anymore. Here's some for you. You eat now. And that's how we survived. Well, not not we, like me, but like that's how my ancestors survived. And that's how I was kind of like raised by my grandma. Like dude. even till this day, dude, my grandma only asks me two questions. What did you eat? And when did you eat? <laughs> like she doesn't ask me anything else. Yeah, It's what did you eat? And when did you eat it? That's it. She only cares about my appetite. It's nothing else she cares about. It's because she lived through starvation, through through day, through wars of being hungry, man. We've never felt that. Yeah. Because of that. Yeah. We never felt it. We don't know what it's like. So, it's when someone comes into my restaurant and when someone orders a cocktail at my bar, I'm like, oh my God, like, dude, they're like at my house. Like, I have to make them say, ooh, and I, and jump. Like, a good drink mm. and good food isn't enough anymore. It's about entertaining them right now. So, my, I, I'm like, I step up my level. It's not about that anymore. Like, anyone has good food now. Anyone can give you a good cocktail. It's about, like, making some, whoa, like, entertainment. I'm in the entertainment business at this moment. Mm. That's the way I look at it. God, there's so much there. So much there to unpack. I don't know where to go with it. I, I like, how do you pronounce that again? The, 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 the dialect? The, the Turkish Greeks? Yeah. Pondian. 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 And where do they live now? That along community. along the current, current Turkey, uh, along the Black Sea. In Greece? No, no, no. In Turkey. Still. Oh, they still live in Turkey. There are still a lot of Pondians. In that region. It's called the Pondo. It's still called the Pondo. Pondo. Mm. It's along the Black Sea in modern day Turkey. They speak Pondian. By the Greek border though. Yes. Pondo. I just Pondos. Pondos. P-O-N-D-O-S. Pondos. Pondos Turkey. And Pondos so, Turkey. Yeah. These people, do they... Pondos region. Yeah, do, that's do it. They peak, do they speak Turkish too? Or? No, they speak Pondian, which is like... Uh, so how do they... Like, are they their own government? Like, what's the... No, it's a dialect. It's a dialect. Like, Milan speaks a little bit different than Rome. They have their own dialect. It's kind of like that. It's like a cross between Greek and Turkish. So this actually reminds me, because this is one I'm very personally familiar with. Like, and you bring up Italy. Mm -hmm. Italy... The entire country, there's like 25 different dialects. Exactly. And some like of you them- You could say something in Rome and it may oh, not make sense yeah. in Milan. Now- They're like, what the fuck are you saying? In Milan and Rome though, as an example, the it's more like, it's closer to an American talking with a British person, right? It's very, there's a lot of overlap, right? There's or, a, you, or you can say an American, or, or you can say some, someone from New York- Talking with someone from uh, Texas. And that might not be wrong, but they're tense. Or Alabama. 
Yeah, and, and actually, could, dude, for, you could say that for that example, it might be right because those are two metropolises. I don't remember. There's completely different dialects, right. different but words, like, different slang. But like, yo, you go to Sicily, different language. Yeah, different language. Exactly. Like if, if people have watched The Godfather, which if you haven't, it's the greatest movie of all time. So do yourself a favor and turn this off and watch that. Okay, I see it. Yeah, we have we have uh, that's Pondos right Pondos there. Pondos region. That's on where the Black it is. Sea. Got it. That's I'll put that in the corner of the screen right here. So people can see it, but okay. So, if yeah. you if you look at Sicily though, and, uh-huh. and what they are, I I spent a lot of time out there when I was over there. I was over there for two stretches, and that island has been proverbially conquered. It's not uh-huh. different in the sense that the way that the Pondos region formed is that uh-huh. they were conquered and they had to survive as slaves and then, you know, they found this new dialect and then they got stuck. They burnt they, it. They, right. They were forced to leave. They were for, Right. Yeah, and so, they were burnt. But then they didn't have a home anymore because they came to Greece and they're like, what the hell are you? Yeah, they were in, in savages. Sic- in Sicily, they were repeatedly over thousands of uh-huh. years conquered. Conquered. And so the language changed again and again and again. Uh-huh. And what's interesting is one thing that Sicily unfortunately has is that to this day, even though they haven't been conquered now in, I don't know, like 90 years, 100 years, maybe 150 years, it's been a while, that the subsequent generations have been fucked because the the lineage in that region of Italy trusts nothing. I don't blame them, right? Because their great, great, great grandfathers passed it on down. Like, you trust nothing because we got conquered over and over again. And so what? The mafia takes over. And that's why you have this. I mean, look, there's the Calabrian mafia. There's the Neapolitan mafia. Like, these are very, very powerful sects on the mainland of Italy. But the original mafia is from Sicily. And that's the most famous place it was. It runs the entire island. Does and, it still to this oh day? Oh, my God, dude. I will never forget walking through the streets... I think it was Catania, which is on the east coast of Sicily. I got lost, like, where we were going. I was with my girlfriend at the time. This is back, like, I don't know, seven years ago. We got lost at, like, 1 a.m. in the morning in Sicily, which is not, like, the greatest look. And we are like, okay, hotel is definitely within two miles. But, like, we were very confused where we were at, and we couldn't get service. So I'm like, all right, let's figure this out. And I found a guy who was, like, drinking a Peroni on the street. And I'm like, all right, let's roll the dice here. Let's see what he's about. Nice guy. And he said, oh, come on. Like, very good Italian guy. And so we start walking, and he's bringing us... He's going to bring us to a place that's within, like, a mile of the hotel where there's a cab that's straight shot right down. And as we're walking along, I start talking with the guy. And I could talk... I don't remember how the fuck to do it. I don't even remember how to talk Italian, but I could talk a little bit of Sicilian. Like, I don't know why. I had just been there. I heard some things. And, like, there was a little bit of it that I could talk. And this guy could speak a lot of main dialect, too. So he was, like, kind of laughing because he could go back to main dialect. I guess he had spent some time in Rome. But I ascertained he was from Sicily and whatever. And the line he said, I'll never forget. He said, I love it here. But I can't wait till I get to leave. And I was like, what? how does that make sense? And he goes, I love it here, but I can't wait till I get to leave. And again, I look at him and, and I said, why, why, why do you want to leave? And I swear to God, straight out of a goddamn movie, stops in the middle of the road, like turns to me full on, very calm, like not angry or whatever. And he goes, 
and holds his arm over and points at a wall. And I look over at the wall and there's a, there's a bunch of graffiti all over the wall. And in the middle, there's a big word that says mafia. Mm-hmm. He said, mafia. And I'm like, really? Still? And he goes, still? They run everything. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the, like, you talk about wars and whatever, and that's one thing. But, like, when places, when lands are proverbially in positions where they are constantly in turmoil, maybe the wars aren't still happening. Maybe they have the breaks from that. But society never resets. I mean, look at the Middle East. We went into Iraq, right? We took out Saddam Hussein. What did that do? Because society was completely at an at a terrible position and so many desperate people and so many factions like a vacuum fighting for power at the end that you can't just put that genie back in a bottle we think in america like oh yeah you just fucking create a government people will fucking pay their taxes no that's not how it works people will find a way to lead whatever the opportunity is that says they can lead and the mafia is so goddamn powerful over there that we don't like to talk about it but frankly Thank God they existed during World War II because that's how we took Europe. I mean, we went through Sicily, and I forget what the operation was called. Northern Sun. I forget. I forget what it was called. But we took Sicily with the help of the goddamn mafia, mm-hmm. and then started to take Europe. Which you know, that's a devil's bargain. But go- I'll, I'll take that one over again. Obviously, no doubt. Like I think that was fine. Going back to the the soccer conversation. Yeah, it's still owned by the mafia. Oh, in, in Italy. In Italy. Oh, fuck and yeah. And that's how they're so, so good, man. Yeah. They have so much money. Yeah. You know where they get the money. They have great They have great players, man. Yeah. That's where they get the money, they man. They do, man. But like Napoli, Juventus, like these teams, bro. They, they, don't, they don't do well in Champions League, but they always have great players. And they always finish top of the table. Always. It's crazy that that always, shit stuff. Always. Yeah. Not just... What you're saying, but even sports. Yeah. It's even everything. Sports, it's, it's society. Every, exactly. Yes. It's everything. It's everything. It's such it's just it's crazy. I, I'm thinking about this. I mean, stuff here more it's pretty much dead. In in New York, they they wiped out the mafia, bro. It's finished. Pretty much. It is Dude, it's very, very so they the, once back like in all right, all right. I'm, I'm gonna, late '80s, early '90s. They did Gotti. They wiped him out. Listen, dude, it's. I'm gonna push on this a little bit. You're not totally wrong. It's not 100% gone, but for the most part, once they did that number on John Gotti, it was over. A guy they wiped out the mafia in New a, York. A guy who I've known through my grandpa for like I don't know, less 15 years, Jules Bonavolanta. He was one of the head FBI agents. In FBI in the New York, he was in other offices, but in the New York offices, specifically in the late 70s, all through the 80s and into the early 90s, working with Louis Free, Rudy Giuliani, back when he was not crazy, <laughs> like all these guys, and they took down the five families yeah. and they, it consummated with them taking down Gotti. Uh-huh. And so I remember talking with Jules maybe like a decade ago, and he was explaining, yes, they've been cut off at the knees compared to what they were and he's right and he talked about how the russian mob is now the big problem because those guys are fucking crazy and it's it's even in today's society like it's an issue their hooligans are crazy however soccer hooligans (laughs) that's a false equivalency but okay however the thing about the italian mafia though is that when i lived up there and moved there i didn't know any of those guys right like i was 
I went to places that they frequented sometimes. Everyone right. did, right? right? Like right. I didn't fucking know personally any of them. Mm-hmm. I was at places where some of those guys were sometimes. Like over randomly stum- yes. stumbled upon them. Yes. And the thing that shocked me, because I knew a lot of people who had been directly affected by it, uh-huh. is how much it does still exist. It stunned Over me. there? No. Here. Bro. Bro. I can't tell these stories on air. I never would. I have, I'll have. i tell you off air. Sorry to the people. Not, I, I, I can't. Not at the... Not at the level it did. Not, not yeah, even close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, not even close. No. But... The way it's painted is that you would think it was like this fledgling, you know, they rock and rip off a poker game here and there and that's it organization. It's not. It They very much like, especially if you have an Italian last name in North Jersey, they're leeches, man. Mm. They will find the way. They don't give a fuck who you are. They will find the way into your business. That's like, that shocked me. But some of the things that firsthand accounts I got from that, I mean... Can't deny it. Yeah, you can't deny it. But what what do you, what do you got going on now with with the restaurant? I know we're gonna get out of here soon because you're fully open. You got you got brunch going now. Brunch. We introduced brunch. We're gonna introduce it in township really soon. Really? Yep. You're gonna do that BYOB. Yep. That could get fun. It, it's an amazing product, man. Yeah. It's like it's like a new, it's like a city brunch. It's not like your diner brunch. Mm. It's a very trendy brunch menu. And it's it's amazing, man. It's like, okay, yeah, we have French toast, but it's it's the best fucking French toast you'll ever have. The best French toast the I'll ever have. The best French toast you will ever have. Did the Greeks invent French French toast? Probably. They invented French toast. Nutella, <laughs> almonds, bananas. It's Whipped cream spread. It's very trendy. It's not like your normal like diner brunch. It's a very trendy brunch menu. Your croque madames, your beignets, your avocado toasts with burrata. It's very. It's very like a, a New York City brunch. Did like, you did Did you design the menu? No, not me. Our chefs. Mm. I don't do anything. You do the cocktails. I just make sure everyone comes and leaves with a smile, man. I don't do anything else. That's the most beautiful thing. That's it, man. How's Drake doing? Excellent. He's doing well. Shout out to Drake. Super job. Shout out to Drizzy. And that's his next project, The Brunch. And that's Township's new project. Oh, Drake will kill Brunch. I'm sure Drake was born for Brunch. I'm sure he will. No doubt about it. I'm sure. Dude, I had to get you on here. I couldn't couldn't do this without you. This was fun. Good. You warmed up. This was good. You did. I hope I did a good job. I don't know how I did. You did well. I guess everyone's going to tell us with reviews and comments and stuff, but I hope I did a good job, and I hope people enjoyed it, and I'm happy I got to chill with you and see your new revamping of everything and have a drink with you, bro, and kick it with you because we go way back, man. We're getting there, man. We really do. We're We're getting there. We're getting older, and we... Could you you imagine, like, something like this, like, when we were, like, five... Like doing, you know what I mean? Never. Like what, life was so simple, shooting fucking hoops, fighting over Madden, who was going to get play with the Rams and Marshall Falk. Now we're sitting here recording a goddamn podcast. What a world. Yeah. Look at you. You're fucking killing it too. Look at us, man. Look at us. Look at us. Not bad. Hey, 
Cheers, Thanks for doing man. it, brother. Thanks for having Cheers. me, man. I think I got your so? cadence down on mic now. Your cadence is different on mic, I noticed. Like, I think because you're getting used to it. So, like, there were some times today where I thought you were done. Like, you kind of backed up and looked at me, and I'm like, oh, I got to talk now. And then you'd be like, but then! Oh, you're talking about this? Yeah, yeah. So, next, th- next time I'm ready. I don't but know, But this man. was fun. When it comes about just, like, topics that... I'm a very emotional person. Mm-hmm. That's how I am. I'm very emotional. I'm uh, I I'm very competitive and I'm very emotional, and that's like my uh, my gift and my curse sometimes. Cause when when I have like a passion for something, bro, I give it all. I give it everything I got, like the cocktail world. I have a now I've developed a passion for cocktails, and I fucking go all out, bro. I spend thirty thousand dollars a year on ice. <laughs> On fucking ice. <laughs> you get the balls, ice balls. The cubes yeah. from an ice factory oh, in New York cubes. City. The crystal clear ones, bro. They melt in like 40 minutes. I think that's what those things are what you and I have in common. I'm very emotional. Emotional and competitive. And competitive. If I lose in FIFA, I'm breaking the remote. Bro. The remote is shattered. I think we've broken a few remotes over each other's heads. Yeah. Anyway. All right, dude. Well, right. great stuff. We will definitely do this again. You're warmed up now. I enjoyed this. I enjoyed the topics. Next time, I want to be able to just let you rip. I know sometimes <laughs> you were holding back today and pointing at me like you talk. It's because like, of the whiskey. You're great. You're fucking born to do this. So I want you ripping next time completely. But this was a great preview. Thanks so. for having me, bro. All right, dude. We'll do it again soon. Love you, bro. Love you, too. Everybody else, give it a thought. Get back to me. Peace. Peace.